We see these beautiful pictures at night from the decks of these two U.S. Navy vessels in the eastern Mediterranean. I am tempted to quote the great Leonard Cohen. I'm guided by the beauty of our weapons. Um, and they are beautiful pictures of, uh, of fearsome armaments making what is for them a brief flight over to this airfield. What did they hit? Hello and welcome to Middling Effort, a ramjack corporate endeavor. Hello, my fine pussycats. My name is John Pernasek, and I am coming to you from the Chicago Ramjack studio, and I am joined by my lovable co-host, who will introduce himself now. Hello, citizens. I'm over here in the Orlando Ramjack studio, um, sweltering in the heat. It's very hot. Your roommate is the very sun itself of legend. <laughs> I... Uh... I don't know if that's a trade up or a trade down. Son, what do you want? Yes, yes. Oy. You're very hot today, son. Brad, I don't know what number. What what number is this? What are we What are we looking at here? Oh, uh, what number is this? This episode. I'm of holding the up a no, no, no. I'm holding up a number. <laughs> What number is this? Oh, well, I think, um, as everyone knows, that's looking um, at their uh, phones right now could easily tell you without much effort at all that this was, in fact... Is. 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 Was <laughs> and is. These are all words we use. This Can we episode, see ourselves from the future? <laughs> this is episode 311, obviously. 311, never forget. And we have a lot in store for you when it comes to episode 311. Will we be talking about Riverdale? Yes. Please stop yelling. Will we be giving advice? Yes. Honestly, take it down a notch. You're a little intense right now. The way that you're just, I don't know where you are, if you're on the treadmill, if you're at work, at your desk, maybe on a train or a bus in your car, but you're getting a little freaky for me. So maybe just calm down. Your level of rage isn't healthy for you or anyone around you. You need to, I mean, I know we're not all professional actors and singers, but you need to protect that instrument. You need, like, you're going you're gonna to rip something in that throat. So, yes, we're going to be talking about Riverdale. We're going to be giving some advice, and there's a lot more in store. Surprises. Look, I'm not a one-trick pony. I'm not just bringing the ethicist to the table this time around. I have other things. I have other things. You believe me, right, Brent? Sure, sure. Sure scrambles to find other things for Jonathan. Oh, God. <laughs> Other words to use oh, that would describe me positively? Oh. You say yeah. one nice thing about me. Huh? What? You say. <laughs> I've suddenly become aged. Hmm. Um, so, uh, let's start off this little podcast um, with uh, fun facts. Um, it's guys, a very small podcast. If you're listening to this in the far future, um, we're recording this in uh, April of 2017. And for uh, practically no reason, seemingly Donald Trump has uh, um, launched uh, air has uh, launched some Tomahawk missiles at Syria. So cool. I, I mean, if you wanted to make the ghastly mistake of tripping headfirst into the morass that is Twitter, I'm sure you could find many arguments for and against it. Because <laughs> everybody on my timeline, at least, had a little nugget of wisdom to throw out. I think this. I think that. Okay, well, first of all, 
I don't want Trump in office, but I certainly wouldn't want any of the people I follow on Twitter in office either. <laughs> so maybe let's all just calm down. Most of the people I follow are 20 something gay men. And I just want to say to them, let's fucking pull back on those reins, gentlemen. Because I, I don't think you have the fucking, I don't think you have the uh, the credits to get, to really make these decisions either. <laughs> I will say like this, like there's no good explanation of this. I like. I don't know what's going on in his head. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm not. At this point, I, I don't see him. Some would say he's like this devious manipulator, this truly masterful puppet. No puppet. No. D- d- fucking demon. And it's just like no. He's just going on instinct. He's. He's a fucking moron. He's easily influenced. So whoever whispered in his ear twenty minutes before that decision affected that decision. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know what you should do? You should do this. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Perfect. <laughs> it, but, like, the question is, is, like, because it's it's just so fucking weird, because there's one option that this is, like, a whole thing to show that he's tough on Russia. Mm, which a lot of people have said now. Which he seems is very, very presidential. Yeah. Now that he's done this, now that he's shown his military hand God. and killed people, that makes you a president. In some hell. CNN minds, yeah, and fucking uh, um, uh, Brian Williams talking about how beautiful uh, the missiles were. Like what? Yeah, oh god, yeah. He was a whole thing. Like, oh, it was so beautiful uh, seeing them. Uh, like just talking about the imagery of the f- fucking death machines going into fucking the sky. Rub oh. one out, you disgusting freak. Yeah, it was fucked up as hell. So I mean, so that's a strong possibility. Um. Like, it's just to, like, prove... Because he also, of course, he had to call Russia and be, and tell them, hey, um, by the way, we're going to attack Syria, your ally. Um, and they don't seem... I mean, if they got that call, they, they don't seem to be acting like it. <laughs> they, they, the, the press release statement, at least, from uh, Putin seemed pretty fucking irritated, well, to say it, the very least. Is, and if it is all show just to prove that he's tough against Russia when he's mm. obviously not, no. then that makes sense. Because, I mean, th- and also the whole fact that they didn't attack the airstrip, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, so wait, they, uh, so the actual specifics of the attack, why, kind of guide me through that because I haven't heard much about that. Yeah. Like so, the airstrip versus where they actually chose to right, target. Right, right. So uh, they, they, um, let me just pull up some information real quick because I don't want to. Because I feel like this. I feel like that's probably something a lot of people haven't heard a lot about. Um, they didn't hit the runway as well as the storage areas suspected to contain chemical weapons. Um, and then, of course, Trump went and tweeted uh, an excuse for they didn't do it because it's easy to fix runways. So that's why they didn't do it. But that doesn't make sense either. A narrative that I've heard, he made this decision, so we're trying to figure out like why this decision was made, when it was made. A lot of people are saying it's because he saw the photos of the children of no. Syria no. who were attacked by their own leader, and I just don't buy that for a second because, I mean, we just had our second shooting tragedy in San Bernardino in like the last two years today, and uh, I'm not convinced that you could tell that to Trump's face. That, that you could relate that information to him, and I am not convinced he would even blink at you. I no, don't think he gives a fuck yeah, about anything. No, the claim that this was about um, in retaliation for um, chemical attacks is complete nonsense. That's just a given. He because, doesn't care. 
Um, supposedly, and again, there's every chance that the uh, that the chemical uh, um, attack wasn't from Syria. Like, that's a possibility. Like, I'm not ruling it out. Um, but 130 people supposedly died um, from it. So, 130 people died. We killed more people in Syria bombing already, like, before this. So, it's not, no. No. It has nothing to do with, like, civilians being killed in Syria. That's blatantly, no, not a chance. Well, then I've also heard that, I mean, <clears throat> some people have justified it by saying, you know, this is a following through of what Obama had sort of set up before he left office, which was, if we get word of another gas attack, if you use these, like, chem these, this type of weapon again, that we will do something similar to what Trump wound up doing. But I have a hard time buying into that because if anyone told Trump that, that Barack Obama had the same idea and wanted to do that as well, my instinct would be that Trump would just say, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to continue something that his is his idea, because then he might somehow get credit for it, which would drive Trump up the wall. I yeah no 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 definitely it's no I I no the maybe they didn't tell him maybe maybe the people who still thought it was a good idea just were like well don't mention Obama in the room when we bring up this this concept to him because if you bring up Obama's name it's just going to be a disaster and I he's mean, not going to want to do it I just I don't think um, him wanting to do what Obama wouldn't do isn't enough like no but I'm, I'm saying it's it's him doing what Obama wanted to do no because that's not what happened either because Obama said that there was going to he said that he would um, attack if he would uh, launch a strike if Syria um, did chemical weapons and they did and then he didn't attack oh okay um, Th that was when he was still in office. There was another right. like similar attack within the country. Yeah, so in 2013, okay. I think. Um, I think yeah, there was there was, two, and again, those are both questionable as well. I know Seymour Hirsch wrote that he oh, thought well, that there was a chance that those didn't actually happen either. Well, this Be makes sense though because the statement about the missile attack had that really really nasty comment about the the weakness of the past administration yeah. and how they were doing what the past administration couldn't do. Yeah. So that that makes more sense to me. Like, that's Trump, like, getting his cock out and basically saying, like, I did what the other guy couldn't do. I pulled the trigger. Yeah, but that's a that's a very that's a very generous um, um, But it sounds more like him. It sounds sure. more like sure. him than I was affected by the photos of children. Oh, yeah, and that's definitely not the case. Like, okay. we, again, we, we're, we're, we've killed more people in the past month in Syria with our bombing, with our drone strikes than, than this chemical attack would have. So well, I don't know why, not about, I don't know why chemicals are more important than, than bombs. So, yeah, I, well, because of rules of warfare, uh, the lines that we draw arbitrarily, I, I mean, well, the other, the other, the other thing is this Syria doing a chemical attack on their own people right now doesn't make sense because they're winning their war right now. The civil war within the country. Yeah, they're winning. Why I, would they do this in that scenario? Why would who do what? Why would Assad? Mm -hmm. Why would he conduct a chemical attack, a, a very small chemical attack on his own people that would obviously provoke international outrage when he's winning? I mean, at the end of the day, all cards on the table, I don't know nearly enough about, like, the ins and outs and the push and pull of that country of, like, you know, the forces sort of coming up against each other. Sure. So I can't really speak on that, I mean, to be when, oh, totally honest. When just, just a little background, because what's basically going on is um, Qatar and Saudi Arabia 
want to build an oil pipeline. Uh, Russia is against it because Russia supplies a lot of oil to Europe. So they've they've allied uh, with Syria to uh, against um, Qatar and Saudi Arabia, and of course the U.S. is a major supporter of Saudi Arabia in everything they do, including um, constant murder of civilians in Yemen with the cluster bombs that we build in Rhode Island and give to them. So. Hey. This is all about oil, again. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it doesn't make sense in so many ways. Because there's a question, is this another fucking um, fake lead-in to an Iraq situation? That's. I feel like that's one possibility. I feel mm. like the more likely possibility is Trump's trying to prove that he's, he's not too close to Russia, even though he clearly is. So he did a really, like, fake bullshit attack on Syria. Yeah, this might have show... been a one-off at the end of the day. I mean, that's the best case scenario. That, like, this is all just, like, a show so that people will stop uh, saying that Trump is uh, so tied to Russia. I mean, it's very easy for me to say, let's hope that it's a one-off, as if there is never a thousand ripple effects. Like, there aren't a hundred dominoes that fall as a result of this one attack. The people that turn against us, the people that are, like, soured even more against us. Like, when you do that... Because Chris and I were talking about this whole situation and how how any one of us, like, sitting in the position of power that Trump is in, like, how do you even make the decision to do what he did? And I just said, I, I can't, I was like, I can't condone doing that because I just, I refuse to believe that there isn't some other solution rooted in, I mean, people see the word diplomacy as weak and they see it as, like, like just this sort of impotent, fallible word, but... I just, I I can't stand the idea of, like, killing even more people just as a show of, because I want to talk to one person. Yeah. Or two people. Because I want to talk to two people, and they're not coming to the table, I'm going to blow the living skulls out of hundreds, if not not thousands. But that's not even the scenario. I I know, but, like, Like, we're throwing out all these different options. So in this scenario that you just mentioned, when he's trying to show strength against a couple of leaders... Well, just to show that he's not... uh, It's just a fake scenario to prove that he's not afraid of Russia. Because, you know, there's so much scandal about his connections to Russia. Because he right. obviously has connections to Russia. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a variation on that same thing, though, where it's just like, yeah. you either want to talk to somebody, you want to distance yourself, you want to align yourself, and it all comes down to just bombs and yeah. fucking, like, blowing the hell out of people. And I'm not... As many people have pointed out on Twitter, uh, <laughs> Trump saying that he was affected by photos of children in a gas attack doesn't make any sense because he he doesn't care about those people we're not letting those people into our country in the first place yeah so you can't you cannot say that you cannot say that you care about these people why isn't why isn't he worried about the all the children that are being killed in Yemen because 90% of the uh, people killed uh, by Saudi Arabia in Yemen with our cluster bombs are civilians 90% well, but the so the situation in Syria with the civil war, what what is that? What it, what is the sort of push and pull going on there within well, the country? Yeah, so basically uh, you've got well, basically it's it's you've, you've got ISIS in get, getting in the mix, and that's Classic. our justification for uh, going in there um, and you know bombing constantly as we have been. Mm-hmm. 
And then the actual, but like the actual civil war itself. I, is that is that just different factions of like? Yeah. But the so the 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 leader of that country whose name is please remind me Assad. So is your your in your mind he wouldn't make these he wouldn't order these attacks on his own people because presumably he's already winning. Yeah, he's 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 current like. In 2013, when the uh, last chemical attacks were, that were also questioned, um, like, he was not in a good place then. Like, he was, like, it would make, it's more viable then. It Mm. doesn't make sense now. Yeah, unless you're trying to, like, I don't know, stamp out whatever remaining vestiges of who you think is against you or something like that. I mean, I I I don't want to get too far down conspiracy theory times, but like it's everything about this is sketch on every side. It's sketch. But the only thing to remember is that it's all about an oil pipeline that Qatar and Saudi Arabia want to build and Russia doesn't want, doesn't want them to build because Russia wants to keep giving oil to Europe because that's how it makes money. That's all this is about. I mean, it's the attack apparently will do quite, it's done some good for Trump himself. If, Random people, including his supporters, think he's more presidential now, and it's even more reason for hyper-conservatives to stand alongside him, because he blew a bunch of fucking brown people out of the fucking dirt. And I I don't know if it—I'm sure in his mind it really is—I think it just—I I think the best theory we've thrown out is that it makes him look stronger. Yeah, and I think that's the best-case scenario, because uh, that's the scenario that doesn't lead us into World War Three, Which— there's a reason why a lot I was going to say this too a lot of people kind of pursue like false flag scenarios Mm -hmm. and I think that's because there is that natural suspicion of our government's motives and our politicians motives I think that level of skepticism is healthy I don't I'm like I'm with you I don't want to go down the endless rabbit hole of false flag conspiracy theories because that's that's just truly crazy cake town Um, but there's there's a reason why that initial skepticism is there, and it's because we just we don't buy the narrative, and I think we all sort of understand that it doesn't matter if we believe the narrative. Right. Because all they have to do is just put it out there. There's the press release. Look. Fuck you. We, we're we not living in any sort of pretend democracy anymore. Not I, I, I don't think, at least. Right. Because the whole rule of thumb of, should I go to a body of my peers and sort of see what they think about this military action? That hasn't existed for I don't know how long. Yeah. That, that, that basically, when people are surprised by that, I want to tell them that they're full of shit. Yeah. I'm shocked. You're not shocked. you got to be kidding yourself. I mean, this is... We like do whatever a, we want now. This is a further escalation of illegal war, though. Like, oh, oh, I mean, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's an escalation. It's a like continuing... The, because before we'd been using the bullshit excuse of, well, um, ISIS is just uh, is an offgrowth of Al-Qaeda, and uh, thanks to uh, George W. Bush's actions, we've got authorization. The president can attack um, Al-Qaeda anywhere they want to go. And even though ISIS didn't exist at the time, we're still going to lump them together and say it's the same thing. Where Syria is a sovereign nation. Well, and you know, speaking of George Bush, I mean... Think, I mean, thinking back, was he really that bad of a president? Yes. Uh, yeah, was he no. really... I mean, think about... Compare him to Trump. Are you kidding me? Like, I love... I love Slash... Of course I don't love it. But the, we're already doing the uh, round and round it goes Reagan, Reaganization of yeah. this asshole, putting him in front of a canvas with a fucking box of Crayola paints. And it's like, don't 
anyone for a second. Like, d the liberal friends that I have, who, who are very eager to be like, I miss those days. You miss oh, those days? Off. What are you even I, talking about? I can't, and I can't even deal with the people that are like, they're talking about how great Obama was because fucking hell. Let's not forget that we uh, we have a new Supreme Court justice um, because Barack Obama didn't fucking do anything. Like, there is no <sighs> reason he couldn't have filled that seat. He put in a he put in a weak uh, middle of the road candidate. Um, the Republicans were against it, and he didn't fight it because he was like, "Well, I'll just let Hillary pick somebody." Well, he was one of many who sort of assumed that that was going to happen. Yeah, and that look how the, that, that fucking was, worked out. That was the most dangerous assumption I think that we all made. Here's an assumption um, we can all make: Let's all assume Hillary Clinton never needs to be allowed to run for anything again. Well, I think you can rest easy on that. I don't. I honestly I don't, don't think we're gonna. I, I, I don't think we're gonna see. I that. keep seeing articles like maybe Chelsea will run for something. Well, oh. but you have to give. I'm not saying give the media slack, but like that's the media just doing its thing, and I think that is just complete noise. I hope so. I we just, have we I have a long have, way to go before we get to 2020. I have very little faith in uh, the Democratic Party at this point. Like, I... I mean, I do. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly right there with you. I, I think the last little bit of um, confidence I had in what we could do uh, sort of went away. Yeah. And I even get bummed out when, honestly, and I know you love Elizabeth Warren and I do too, and I think she's great, but I get bummed out even seeing her Twitter feed uh, lately. Yeah. Because... She says what she's playing her role. Yeah. And everybody who's trying to like stand out as a progressive figure, even they are only limited to what they can do in their role. And it's they go to Twitter and they say what everybody expects them to say. And I agree with it. But she is like the rest of us. She she can only do so much. And we're basically sort of at the mercy of who's at the head of the carriage right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we just got to pray that we don't get thrown off a goddamn cliff. I desperately hoping, desperately hoping. What if, what, what is the situation where like, we, do you think that there's any possible situation where we could go into a straight up just war with Russia because of, because I, of something as a domino effect of this? I, I only, only if, only after Trump's impeached because I, you know, like a lot of like, cause especially, especially on Twitter, seeing friends of ours that are uh, of the liberal persuasion, there's a lot of fucking conspiracy Russia nonsense going on, mm. and everybody thinks everything's tied to Russia, and that Russia stole the election, and Russia hacked the election, which and is I nonsense. And I understand where that's coming from, too, because people are desperate for yeah. that silver bullet but that's gonna take him down, and I get that, but it's stupid. It's stupid because... There is a real, there's definitely a real Russia issue, but it's not the way people keep talking about hacking elections and all this nonsense. Um, what, and I, this is what, from what I've gleaned, this is what I think is going on. Of course, Trump is a failed businessman that couldn't get a loan in the United States. He went to Russia and he got, he got money from Russia. Like, yeah. it's that simple. It's and he that got a lot of money for his friends and a lot of jobs for his friends. And I right. think, yeah. And he's, he's, I mean, he's, he, but he has like he's had russian actors in his administration people that are sympathetic to russia he's made sketchy business deals with russia and probably enough to impeach him if they if we could get all the information he's also um, a disloyal stupid fuck 
Yeah, and that's absolutely. why he's now trying to like act like he's not connected with Russia. And as a result, it's like you're gonna piss off your fucking buddy over there, and it's it's not gonna be great for you in the long run. Well, I think I think he kind of has to because clearly Russia didn't think he would win. Like, sure. I think their goal was just to hurt Hillary Clinton so she would be a less powerful president. But he so he might earn some credibility points with a random CNN reporter or two and his fan base that already loves him. But in the long run, once he gets out of office. Like, he, I honestly think he's, like, screwing himself over with every decision he makes, but he's too stupid to look that far I ahead. I mean, I don't think so, because he's making so much fucking money. Like, I mean, I, mm. listen, Trump is a simple moron, and he's making money left and right in all kinds of shifty ways. Like, I don't think Mar-a-Lago it takes a lot of brains raised, to make that kind of like, money. Like, their rates, like, 300% or something. Like, he's making plenty of fucking money off of this. You know what? One of the narratives that I will totally buy into, and I completely, I, I embrace every negative sentiment that comes with this, is I really am sickened by how much time he spends there. Yeah. It's really shocking. It's it, Even in this day and age where I should feel numb, I, I am shocked by the level of apathy that he is displaying in this position by Absolutely. going there all the time. And it was one of his major criticisms of Obama. Yeah, of course. And it, along with all of the people who love Trump now, it's just, back when Barack Obama, Barack Obama couldn't fucking dip his foot in a fucking wave without everybody just calling him out as just being like a lazy asshole. Uh, yeah. it, it really, I mean, the, the human race has no end in sight for its capacity to just become even more gross and indecent and uncaring. <laughs> I mean, have you heard about the Chechnyan homosexual concentration camp? Yeah, I saw that today. I think it, may, it might have been because I put it on a Facebook and Twitter. It's one of the most horrifying things I've heard in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, this is just straight up. I think over 100 people have been taken to this place where you either, I believe the options are you leave the country or we will beat you to death. And one of the top aides for the president of Chechnya has basically said flat out, I don't even know what you're talking about because gay people do not exist in our country. Right. And if they did exist, I think that they would have the smarts to not be in the country in the first place. Yeah. I. Russia's a fucking nightmare. I. I. I, Oh my god. (laughs) Like, I just. There's no way around it. Like, Russia is not a great place. As we talk about Riverdale later and, like, give goofy advice later, just keep in the back, th- back of your mind that there is a real concentration camp in this on this earth of ours, since the first one since World War II, that is just meant to kill gay people. Just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remind, uh, remind yourself. <laughs> also, remember, in Rhode Island, we're building cluster bombs that are being used against civilians in oh. Yemen. Oh, my God. We're building them and giving them it's... to our allies, Saudi Arabia. But it's jobs, right? Those aren't made by, by robots? <laughs> oh, those are those are jobs. Those are American jobs working for the Saudi Arabians. By the way, who are the attackers on 9-11? Saudi Arabians. Mm-hmm. Never forget. <laughs> Nothing we do makes sense. Nothing we do makes sense. And that's why we uh, that's why we move on to other topics, so we don't Indeed. have to think about them all the time. <laughs> um well we talked about those topics, but what I really want to talk about is some news. Um is that spelled like that was N-E-W-S? a segment? Yeah, some news. Um, guys, um, is Alex back on the podcast this week? You haven't heard him yet. He's not here. <laughs> that would be very strange if Alex was here. <laughs> Just being real quiet. Shh, baby's sleeping. <laughs> Little baby. Um, but Alex did text me some news items. 
links or like sort of a rundown? Um, some links. Okay. So I've got um, an Alex news item in quotes. Now, I think this is, I, at the end of the day, even if it is fluff, it is news. <laughs> Well, I think I think I might take a I think I might take a step out of the goofing on Alex narrator for a second to say news is news, even if it's dumb. <laughs> well, knowledge is power, Brad. Knowledge is power. Well, then let's talk about some emojis. What? What? No. Um, Chinese people mean something very different when they send you a smiley emoji. What in the world do they mean? <laughs> well, uh, I'll give you an emoji. Uh, I'm going to make this into a little bit of a game. Uh, Ooh. Um, Wait, I have to, like, interpret what they mean in the Chinese culture? Yes. Okay. So, uh, here's a quick one. Uh, smiley face. Smiley face. So, in America, that just sort of means, it sort of evokes happiness. a general happiness. Yeah, I'm delighted by what you've said to me or how I feel about you. Fine. Yeah. In China, let's say that it means I'm, like, being sneaky. Like, I'm being, like, fun sneaky. I've got a secret or something. Um, it means a despising, a mocking, and even obnoxious attitude. That the person using it is trying to display. Yes. Like, kind of like, I hate you, basically. <laughs> um, there's a little background here. The upper muscle movements here could explain why the face is considered less friendly and more hostile. If you take a closer look at the eyes... That doesn't explain um, anything. <laughs> the muscle near the eye corner does not move. Um, what? Which is a sign of suppressing a smile. Oh, we're talking about the muscles of the emoji meat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The emoji's yellow muscle meat? Disgusting. Yeah. Listen, it means a despising, mocking, obnoxious attitude, all right? So, uh, um, Fine. what about this one? You got the first one wrong. I'm sorry. Um, I'm second, not. smiley face waving a hand. <laughs> well, if smiley face on its own basically meant fuck you, mm -hmm. uh, I can only assume that when you put a waving hand next to it, it just means... I hope I never see you again. Rot in fucking hell. Oh, okay, it means I despise you and I really don't want to talk with you. Please go away. Wow, the shady shade that's getting thrown around. Hi, yes, I see you. Don't fucking talk to me. Um, what about a uh, smiling new moon face? Ooh, that creepy moon. Okay, I do have that image in my mind. I wonder if that ah. creepy moon's going to be in the emoji movie. Ooh. <laughs> It'll be voiced by a really creepy actor. I don't know. <laughs> um, Clint Howard. Uh, nice. I believe that the smiling half moon means, I mean, if the, I, at this point, I just assume that they're all negative. So this is going to be something along the lines of, look, I need to get to bed. You need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, it means sneaky, creepy, or I despise you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love that the creepy moon does mean creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, but that's kind of like what it's used in an ironic way over here, too. I think I see a lot of that on Tumblr. Like, the use of the half moon, or the, the creepy smiling moon, is supposed to be, like, a pervert, basically. Because <laughs> he's got, like, little chubby cheeks, and his eyes are really big. Um, what about the picking nose uh, emoji? There's a picking... I don't... I have not seen the picking the nose emoji yeah, in a long time, if I have it all. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. I have to assume that's a commentary on the person it's being sent to, so I think it's just a matter of... First of all, I'm going to throw this in there. I despise you. Yes. Okay. And Got it. <laughs> which of these mean that I like you or I love you? A, a beautiful red heart means that I'm going to murder you. Um, so I also assume that the picking the nose means you're disgusting. It just says I despise you. That's... That, this is stupid. This is, <laughs> this is so stupid. What, what is the source for this? 
Uh, this is from... ChineseEmoji.com. <laughs> Uh, what is this on? I, I'm not sure. We'll never know. I, f- I feel like I've been doing pretty well in this quiz. Well, uh, that's that's all of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> this other one is garbage. I'm not even gonna read it. <laughs> Wait, what other thing? Another news item? Yeah. Is it about a thing being turned into another thing? Uh, it's it's the Cards Against Humanity uh, people, the one to buy Congress browser history. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. They shouldn't do that. Yeah. Brad, I think I have a little bit of delightful folklore for you. Oh. Uh, I think that uh, I should tell you about some fun little fearsome critters. Okay. Have you, ever right, met, right. have you ever met a fearsome critter? I mean, I listen, I spent two days at Disney World. Well, three days at Disney World last <laughs> those, week. So Those uh, are monsters. Those are monsters. There's a lot of critters. <laughs> Little critters just crawling out of people's shoes and <laughs> coughing out of their... Coughing critters all over the place. <laughs> uh, a fearsome critter. Uh, so these are figures from early lumberjack folklore. And they are fantastical beasts that were said to inhabit the frontier wilderness of North America. I love lumberjacks having their own specific folklore. Oh, and a lot of these little fearsome critters are meant to teach you lessons about living the lumberjack life. Uh, because it's easy to, you know, get hurt out in the woods. It's, it's, it is truly their world, not ours, Brad. We're making it our own. <laughs> but sometimes nature fights back with a fearsome critter. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give you a rundown of all the fearsome critters here in this list, uh, and I just want you to just give me your reactions about how scary you might find them if you were to encounter them in the woods. So let's say you're Lumberjack Brad. All right. You just had a stack of pancakes a mile high. (laughs) As I do. You chopped down 6,000 trees in 16 seconds. Am Uh, I Paul Bunyan? No, you're better. (laughs) All right. All right, I'll take it. If you told if you told me I could make you better than Paul Bunyan, I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I've never even thought about that before, but fuck yeah. Um, I'd be fucking as big as a skyscraper and I could crush anybody I wanted. <laughs> so uh, this is an alphabetical order. We're going to go A through W. The first creature, the critter, I apologize, is the agropelter. That's one word, agropelter. Oh, a boy. beast that amuses itself by hurling twigs and tree branches at passersby. I mean, with a name like that, I expected a little bit more than twigs and branches. <laughs> yeah! Agropelter! Yeah! I aggressively rip the pelts off other creatures. Just kidding, I throw twigs. <laughs> Just kidding, I wouldn't do that to my fellow critters. Uh, well, what about the axe handle hound? Reputedly subsisted on axe handles left unattended, mentioned in Jorge Luis Borges' Book of Imaginary Beings. He's going to eat your unattended axe handles. Oh, how... And then you come back and you just have the head of an axe. I suppose... (laughs) He doesn't like the blade. He only... He can't digest that blade. But that that handle, sure. Uh, What about the ball-tailed cat? A feline similar to a mountain lion, except with a long tail with a bulbous end used for striking its prey. Whack. Oh, that's a dinosaur. <laughs> that's just a, that's a straight up ankylosaurus. <laughs> yeah. Whack. Well, how about a cactus cat? All right. A feline of the American Southwest. Wait a minute. <laughs> then what is he doing in lumberjack territory? Yeah. There's nothing that's up at all. He's a cactus cat. He's supposed. to make any fucking sense. Uh, he has hair-like thorns that. Wait a minute. 
It's a feline of the American Southwest with hair-like thorns that intoxicates itself by the consumption of cactus water. Well, that cat's done drank so much cactus water, it's done turned into one. (laughs) He's a straight-up cactus cat. He's straight-up intoxicated on that juice, I do say. Uh, What about the Dunghaven Hooter? (laughs) Oh. The Dunghaven Hooter is a crocodile creature with no mouth. What? Instead... Wait a minute. Instead, having huge nostrils, uses its tail to pound loggers into a gas, which it then inhales for sustenance. (laughs) What? I am going to pound you into gas. (laughs) I mean, I was going to say from the get-go, I mean, you've taken away the crocodile's most uh, uh, fearsome attribute by having it not have a mouth. You would think. But being pounded into a gas. Can you imagine a stoner Dunghaven Hooter snorting your ass up as a gas? I mean, you, to be pounded into a mist. <laughs> a gas. <laughs> that that was one of the clear winners in terms of just super strange. <laughs> that is bizarre. That's Lumberjack's just going, what if a crocodile didn't have a mouth? <laughs> Would it be scary? Well, what if it had enormous nostrils? And let's keep yes ending this, because we're in an improv class. <laughs> Manzies. What, what about the funeral mountain terra shot? Oh, I a like that. Ca- a casket-shaped creature already scared. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, if you saw a casket coming towards you... <laughs> <laughs> that lives in the mountains. Okay, not the desert. Great. Wait a minute. It lives in the mountains until they migrate into the desert, where they explode from the heat, leaving grave-shaped holes. What? What? Why would they migrate into the desert? Are they lemmings? So you just see all these caskets at a certain point in the season just moving towards the desert, and then they explode. Uh, uh, The lumberjacks are fucking crazy. Uh, What about the Glawakas? A fierce brute resembling a combination of a panther, lion, and a bear. Boring. (laughs) Glowakis, you're boring. You whack. You're just three other things. Get the fuck out of here. You're just three other things. You might be pretty big. I guess that's... I mean, yes, if I saw you, you'd be scary. But you're not like... You're not like the terror shot. you can pound me into a gas, all right? Yeah, are you the Dungahaver? The Dungahaven Hooter? (laughs) Dungahaven Hooter. Um, Well, what about the Gumbaroo? Oh, not the Gumbaroo. (laughs) <laughs> Boo to you, Gumbaroo. He's a rare hairless bear-like creature with skin that is nearly invulnerable, repel- repelling all attacks except fire, which will cause the Gumbaroo to combust in a massive explosion. Oh, so he's a gummy bear. <laughs> gummy bears don't explode in the face of fire. A Gumbaroo. A Gumbaroo. He please. bounces here and there and everywhere. No, Nazi fire, please. <laughs> uh, what about the hide behind? One word. A brute which would seize unwary lumberjacks and devour them, and was said to be so swift that it could hide behind the nearest tree before a man turned around. So he's a Slenderman? No, he's a brute. I imagine him being very big. Except he can hide behind trees, so I guess you're right. What about Hodog? Hodag? It's, I, bet, I bet it's Hodag. Hodog. <laughs> he's a... Hodog. He's a favorite varmint of the Wisconsin swamps. No surprise. Fave. A fixed... Uh, he's fave. I ship it. Affixed with horns and spikes, complemented by a maniacal grin. Ooh, oh. the grin of the hodag. <laughs> Which means he despises you. 
But in fact, his spikes aren't sharp at all, but he drinks cactus water and has giant nostrils or something. <laughs> or something, and then he explodes if he comes into contact with the sun. But the moon makes him turn into a liquid. <laughs> uh, of co- I think you might have known none of this one. It's the jackalope. Uh-huh. A rabbit with the antlers of an antelope or deer. That is not scary. I- I'm not scared by you, jackalope. The Jersey Devil. Have you heard of the Jersey Devil? I've seen the X-Files episode. It's a go. sexy lady. <laughs> nope, it's a predatory creature said to terrorize livestock in the pines of southern New Jersey, often described as winged and bipedal, and sometimes connected to witchcraft and devil worship. No, no, it's, it's a sexy lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sexy lady with great boobs. Uh, I got a couple more here for you. Rumtefusel, creature camouflage. No, Rumtefusel. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's not a scurrilous cat. He's Rumtefuzzle. <laughs> He's, he's a rapping cat. <laughs> when I go downtown, you know, and I'm clown around. <laughs> That's what he said, right? <laughs> Cats. <laughs> <laughs> when I go downtown, don't clown around. Wrong, wrong, talk bitch. My, I mean, <laughs> I'm talking to, oh, bitch. <laughs> when I go downtown, I don't clown around. Ooh. <laughs> all the boy cats want to fuck Rum Tum Tugger and all the girl cats. Old, young, doesn't matter. The rum diffuso is a creature camouflaged as a fur coat. <laughs> when a passerby picks the coat up, ooh, a coat, it envelops and devours them. <laughs> That's my favorite. My wife is going to love the... No! <laughs> I like that just because that's the price you have to pay for fucking wearing fur. Well, don't pick up a coat that's just laying around. <laughs> don't, don't want to wear a fur coat. What about the side hill gouger? Ooh. That sounds grisly. A beast... A... <laughs> it says, A beast legged for hillsides having legs on one side taller than the other. <laughs> nice. You know, it's a it's a beast legged for hillsides having legs on one side taller than the other. Thus always traveling in a circular path. Well, that creature is dumb. That, I, nothing about gouging there. I, nothing I'm about gouging. I was expecting some gouges. How about a skunk ape? It's a hominid said to inhabit your... Home state, Brad. Florida. <laughs> Florida's your home, Brad. Yeah. It's characterized by its unpleasant stench, which makes sense because it's a skunk ape. <laughs> oh, I saw some skunk apes at Disney. <laughs> don't, don't just don't say that. Oh, get on out of here. <laughs> your unpleasant stench. Stop walking around in a circle, you side hill gouger. It was very hot at Epcot, so I'm pretty sure sh- I'm pretty sure there were some skunk apes running around. How about a how about a snallygaster? <laughs> Mm, I don't like that. A dragon-like beast said to inhabit the hills surrounding Washington and Frederick counties of Maryland. <laughs> I've been Why to are... Frederick, Maryland. Frederick County? I don't know if I was in the county, but I was in the city of. Did you see a Sinaligasta? <laughs> no, I saw some relatives, which was probably worse. <laughs> I went to go visit my Sinaligasta relatives. Uh, what about the snipe, the subject of a famous ruse of many a camp consisting of a wild goose chase for the animal? I believe that is a gag in the Pixar film Up. I believe the small boy is told to go find a snipe, and the joke is that a snipe is not a thing. That is what I remember from the movie Up. Uh, I got a couple more here for you. Splinter Cat. It's a cat that raises Ninja Turtles. Yes. A legendary cat in the Pacific Northwest that uses his incredible speed and stiff forehead. (laughs) (laughs) For what? He smashes into large trees, Brad, knocking the branches off and withering the trunks. I'm gonna use my those trees. Yeah, those stupid trees. I'm gonna use my stiff forehead. Watch out, Groot. 
<laughs> oh boy. Uh, I am Splintercat. Uh, squonk. The most melancholy of creatures. Squonk. <laughs> because of its deformed countenance. Squonk. It refuses contact with all life and will dissolve in its own tears if ever gazed upon. Squonk. What a sad sack animal. Yeah, at least the most melancholy of creatures. Its deformed countenance, you know, weighs heavily on it. Uh, The tea kettler, a small vermin which makes a noise like the sound of a tea kettle. (laughs) Okay. Tripodero, a creature with two telescopic legs and a tail for balancing. When it spots prey, it evaluates... It elevates, I should say, to the proper height and fires clay projectiles from its mouth. <laughs> that's that's real. That's some that's some He-Man bullshit. That's some straight up He-Man bullshit. Oh, most definitely. Tripodero, <laughs> my old friend. So so so. Clay projectiles. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Christmas, 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 Christmas. Wampus Cat, a large phantom panther, <laughs> who some say heralds death with its call. <gasps> and finally, uh, keep in mind, this is just a list of the beasts. Uh, there's also fish and serpents. Oh. Uh, the Whirling Wampus is the last of the beasts. It's a creature that spins so fast that it becomes invisible and creates a droning sound, luring animals and passerby to be reduced to treacle by its paddle-like arms. I will reduce you to treacle. <laughs> That is bizarre. <laughs> Lumberjacks, are you okay? God, what about a joint snake? A snake that can reassemble itself after being cut to pieces or break apart when hit with something. Oh, that would fuck. fucking freak my shit. <laughs> Hell no. Kill me now. Oh. Uh, oh my god. The spreading adder. A snake that flattens out when scared and has an incurable bite. <laughs> oh. The hoop snake, a snake which bites into its own tail to enable it to roll like a wheel. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) A coach whip snake, a black snake that wraps around its prey and whips it with its tail. (laughs) I want a ride, animal. (laughs) Yikes. Hi-yi-yi. I don't want to go to the fucking woods. (laughs) No, stay away from the fucking woods. Or if you have to go to the woods, uh, make sure you keep an eye on those fucking axe handles. I definitely, definitely. Squomp. <laughs> Don't look upon me or I will be reduced to my own tears. Squomp. Don't look at me. Don't, Don't call me names. Me. Don't get your pleasure from my pain. <laughs> oh, but enjoy this nice fur coat. <laughs> oh, boy. <Wait>. Squomp. <laughs> the squomp and the fur coat, really, they really do make a good pair. <laughs> oh, Definitely. I've lost my coat. Will you go find it? Sure. Ah! Every time. Every goddamn time. Brad, I think people have waited long enough. I think it's time for us to quell their screamings and discuss a little show called Riverdale. Oh, guys, listen. Uh, we got two episodes of Riverdale. Chapters um, 8 and 9? Yes. I'm... I'm this show, I'm loving it. Um, question number one, obviously, have we seen a hamburger yet? No, no hamburger. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, guys, I'm gonna launch that Kickstarter pretty soon. Um, what we're is gonna raise, we're gonna raise three dollars and buy a hamburger, um, and send it to uh, the Riverdale. Do you think a, do you think a pops chocolate hamburger is three dollars? 
I th- well, I think we could buy a hamburger and and, <laughs> and get get one to them for three dollars. We will buy a cheap McDonald's hamburger and I mean, put it on the set. <laughs> listen, <laughs> that's all I'm asking for. Like, just just a hamburger. Well, I mean, my my big question for you coming coming into chapters eight and nine. So we're we're deep into the show at this point. Oh yeah. This is not the early days of the show. So I think at this point, with what we know, my question for you is, Brad. If you had to if you had to pick one person who you think killed Jason Blossom, who at this point are you leaning towards? Cuz I want to see if you wind up being right. I I mean, if we find out at the end of the season. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I mean, they might I, drag this shit out for years. They definitely could. I mean, you know, you don't want to end up in a Twin Peaks scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I I but no, I I you know, I don't even know if they've made a decision themselves yet. Like, well, I, that's that's fair, but like, do do you have any instincts on on your end? I it it's it ah, uh, I mean, things shift so much. I would guess ah, uh, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm I'm just trying to like, and I I I got nothing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Andy. Uh, the show has a lot of characters. Uh, a lot of possibilities when it comes to answering that question I just posed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, I understand what I like about the show and what I don't like about the show. And there are a couple elements that I am I, no longer interested in and I just don't care. What I, what I want the show to start doing more of is just be about the kids. Because I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, the adult drama... Of who owns the land, who wants the land, the thugs that are trying to prevent people from working on the land. Like, I just, that is not what I'm coming to Riverdale for. This is always, this has always been about Archie and the gang. Uh In the comics, Archie's parents and and everybody's, you know, adult relatives, they didn't play huge parts in the stories. They're supposed to sort of like, be bemused by the children, their background. I, I mean, come on now. And I, at this point, I, I, th- I, if it winds up being one of the adults who killed Jason, that's very uninteresting to me. Yeah. I want it to be one of the kids. I, I just, I, the thing is, I, I, the adult stuff for the most part, I agree. Like, I, I just, in, just enough in the background to to have things happening, but no more. Yeah, it's um, too I, foreground. It's too complicated. Yeah, it's way too complicated. In, in, and in that line, I would, if I had to pick somebody that I would like to have uh, killed that, that we've met, I would say uh, Betty's father. Because, I, just get him off the show. He's the worst. He's a horrible character. They don't even try. The show likes to, they have done this. They do this with everybody. They want you to think everybody's a crazy demon person mm-hmm. who's also superhuman and someone you should feel sorry for. Right. And at this point, they've done that. They've played that game with everyone. Um, I really don't like her dad, as you just said. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, I don't. I, I don't give a fuck about Betty's mom. She is so erratic. Oh, I love her. I love her. I know, but the way that she treats everybody, episode to episode, oh, like it's... at the beginning of, I think it's, I think it's chapter nine, is when she wants to write the story about the blossoms. Yeah, and how the the board of the board of the maple syrup company they run is coming into town to maybe dismantle everything and take the company from the blossoms. 
She she basically just like wants revenge for the fact that her daughter is now living with the Blossoms. Right. Because in chapter eight, there's this whole push and pull of, oh, we're throwing, uh, what is the name of the woman who's pregnant? Polly? Is it Polly? Polly, yeah. We're throwing Polly a baby shower. Mother, please come. We're trying to mend these like sort of shitty ties of these two families. But she winds up going to the Blossom House seemingly because she wants to. But spoiler alert, she's really playing detective. <laughs> she's playing uh, pregnant detective. <laughs> I love pregnant detective. <laughs> and she's she's preggers with twins, as the creepy Blossom grandmother told her. Uh, we need to find out that um, Blossom grandmother is uh, some way connected to uh, yeah Sabrina and yeah. that clan. Well, she she straight up knew using her creepy folklore w- witchcraft bullshit. I think didn't she use a crystal? Yeah, I think so. She was like sort of letting a crystal hover above Polly's hands. I, I think we're gonna get a fucking introduction of Sabrina like in the season finale. I would love it. I mean, I would immediately come back for a season two if I really understood. There's a crazy fan theory about how there are straight up zombies in the show because of that one dream sequence that um, oh god Sh- uh, Cheryl had. Where you, do you you remember that moment, right? I don't think so. She had a nightmare where Jason showed up as a zombie. Oh. And people apparently are sort of running with that. Like they they want the show wow. to turn out to be about zombies. I mean, I well, um just to jump ahead to episode 9, I'm pretty sure there's vampires because you can't tell me the entire Blossom family and board of trustees um are not vampires. Why? One of the things I wrote down is, why is every member of the Blossom board a redhead? Are they all related, or is this just a super racist group of redheads? I think, listen, um... Because they want Archie in. They want Archie in. Yeah. Like, it is creepy. It's this weird ginger supremacist faction. Yeah, which is a plot from Glee, so I think it's... (laughs) The fact that, like, I'm seeing another group of redheads that seemingly are super into themselves, it's very strange to see two shows in my lifetime with that subplot. I just, I love that either, A, that it's ginger supremacy, or that all of these assholes just use the same shade of weird red hair dye. None of it looks natural. Not a single strand. No. And that's Archie why I love looks it. ridiculous. I still say that um, Cheryl's dad looks the worst. He looks like he's yeah. doing some sort of crazy dinner theater. Oh, yeah. Especially the way he delivers the character, too. That Everybody in the show is just, at turns, if the scene wants them to be human, they're human. But if they want them to become a bizarre cartoon, it'll do that, too. Oh, like, the grandmother it. is very scary in some scenes, but then they take her to the baby shower, and she's basically normal and really nice. Which I guess is what we could say about humanity. <laughs> hmm. hmm. As we said earlier, humanity has... Uh, no, no, no end in sight for its capacity to be bizarre and fucked up. So thank you, Riverdale, for showing us that. Indeed. Um, what I, what I could, um, I could really, really, um, I would be happy if they got rid of. I don't care about Archie's dad's business. I don't care about it, but that's all part of it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't care if he loses his goddamn business. He doesn't. He's not smart. Archie's dad is not smart. I, I, I just, I feel like we got Luke Perry and we need to give him something to do. And that's why all this is here. But like, I don't care. And you can't tell me that six random ass high school students nope. can replace a construction crew. Nope. And Betty's mom, I think, is doing work too. And I'm like, you're in a dress and heels, Betty's mom. <laughs> that, that, 
Veronica's, yes, I apologize. Uh, even in this TV show where I can clearly tell the two apart, it's very, it's very, it's like when Chris and I watch Cagney and Lacey and I have no idea who is Cagney and who is Lacey. <laughs> it's very, very hard to tell the two apart. Um, that scene where Kevin shows up ready to play construction worker <laughs> is amazing because he is dressed soy nicely. And I feel bad for him as well because... Uh, did I call him Kevin or... I called him Kevin, not Kyle. Um, it's Kevin. I feel bad for him because at the end of Chapter 8, we find out that his relationship with that gay-ass serpent is nothing more than a smokescreen. Because Skeet Ulrich, Jughead's dad, is using the serpent kid as a way to get close to the sheriff. Yeah. And they're the ones that fucked up the sheriff's office and stole all the evidence. Or, like, destroyed, like, the sheriff's, like, sort of investigation right. corkboard. Yeah. Does the serpent go to Riverdale High? Is he in school? <laughs> I. Th- these are very good questions. Well, and I would assume. I have a hundred questions about that character because it's like, was he even gay? Because he <laughs> says to Jughead's dad, "Look, it's getting kind of crazy because he really likes me, and I like want to ask him. Okay, so when you two like blow each other, <laughs> like, <laughs> are you just thinking I gotta get close to the sheriff, or are you? Are, I mean. I just need the character to just be gay. <laughs> if they're using I, him I for his gay idea. power. I would love the idea. That he's not gay? He's straight. And he's just doing a, He's just in the most awkward long con ever. Yeah. Kevin keeps saying, like, well, will you blow me? And he's like, nah. <laughs> or no, he does. He's just uh, like, no. Yeah, it's all part of the con. And he's really good at it. <laughs> and then, like, once it's... And then once this is all over... He won't know like, who he is. Sorry. Sorry, Kevin, I, I was deceiving you. I'm not gay. And Kevin's like, um, you are. <laughs> yeah, you did a lot. I'm pretty sure. Also, how do Kevin and Moose feel about each other now? <laughs> Where's that? I want to hear more about that. <laughs> listen, it's these young people. Like, it's every, listen, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to put a label on a relationship. You just fuck around in the woods. 40% okay. of teenagers identify as not straight. <laughs> not entirely straight. <laughs> Uh, fluid, Brad. Fluid. Um, so yeah, the the blossoms, as I mentioned, uh, it took me longer to understand what was going on than it should have because I'm kind of stupid. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, because when they started asking Archie to take Cheryl to like the tree tapping ceremony and the ball that they hold, it's I, very weird. It's very weird, but I didn't understand that they just wanted Archie to be the next heir. Yeah. I thought that they were cozying up to Archie for some other insidious reason. Same here, because it's insane to think like, oh yeah, this like 16-year-old kid will be the heir to my, our company. And like they move quickly in that episode. Well, yeah, and also like, why do you need an heir to your company? Like, these, these parents are like, they're not that old. They no. can keep running this company for another 20 years. Well, and because Cheryl acted the way she did at the funeral, that makes her too erratic. That's the sort of bad justification for the board not liking Cheryl. And Archie stands up for her and is like, I would never bet against Cheryl because she's really, really smart. And she has a 4.0 grade. Archie is so stupid. He doesn't understand that Cheryl, no matter how human she tries to be, she isn't. I'm not convinced that she has any good intentions for anybody in that show. Yeah. Like, she sort of, like, tries to make Archie feel guilty. Like, I thought you were wanting to spend time with me, Archie. I thought you were different from everyone else and that you didn't want something from me. It's like, yes, you did. You gave him a brand new guitar. Yeah. And you let your parents offer, like, a music academy. And at one point, 
Mr. Blossom is going to back off putting the heat on Archie's dad. Yeah, it's... There's a it's, lot going on. It's so much going on. Um, but the, the payoff for that um, is Archie and Val break up, which, I mean... They barely dated. Uh, they barely dated, but, I I mean, Archie, like, you, you lost the Academy, you lost your dad, but you lost Val. Archie That's, deserves it. Archie's an idiot. Oh, how, that, you've really fucked up, because Val is the best. The, the writing's not consistent for Archie. He really does come off like a fucking simpleton, because in Chapter 8, he gets really pissed off about the fact that the Blossoms are seemingly preventing his father from starting construction, because he thinks that the Blossoms might have sent the thugs that beat up Moose. Yeah. So in the next episode, he is completely fine cozying up to them. Like, oh, they're going to get me into a music academy. They're, they're going to help me open doors. Fuck you. Are you an idiot? <laughs> but I mean... I, I... I just don't understand, like, play along. This is what I never understand. You're okay going along with it for a while because you're going to get all this stuff out of it. But, like, so... They, they can't make you do anything at the end of the day. They can't make you marry Cheryl. No. You're 16. Unless they like, frame you for murder. <laughs> I mean, go to the music academy. Like, it's like, it's over the summer. Like, just... Your dad's business is going to be fine if he can make it through this contract. So play along for three months. Remember when Archie uh, got that got that sweet meeting with that songwriter, and then the songwriter told him his song stunk. <laughs> yes. He was like, "Do you not have sheet music?" And Archie was like, "No." He's like, "Well, go the fuck home and write down your fucking songs." And then he gives him the songs, and he's like, "These songs suck. <laughs> you are not good at this, and I refuse to work with you." Which good for him. <laughs> Which good for him, but also like. What do you He's expect a kid. for a 16-year-old kid that's just found out he likes music? Yeah, it's like he wants... he That guy only wants geniuses walking through his door. And, and like, if you yeah. want geniuses, why would they want to work with you in the first place? Yeah, it's like... I, you need to, like, go in at the right level. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. Remember when Archie was fucking his teacher? And I really do not think we are ever going to see that character come back. I don't think so. I think they cooled off on it. I think they got a little freaked out by their own premise. Yeah, because it's rape. Because it's rape, and Archie has been very G-rated since then. Like, we see him kiss, and that is it. Nobody uh, has had sex on this show since. No one. I, I think it's a huge course correction, and I, I think it's I think it's for the best. Yeah. I don't yeah. need I don't need adults fucking kids in my in my silly soapy TV show. Yeah. Um. How about Satak Ethel? <laughs> Oh, yeah, mugs. Uh, that's a whole crazy plot that has to do with Betty's... Uh, Veronica? <laughs> Veronica. Veronica. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Veronica's dad, uh, one one of the investors that sort of lost everything as, 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 as a result of her dad being a criminal was Ethel's dad. And so their family lost everything, and then her dad tried to commit suicide. <laughs> oh, right. Ethel. Ethel Muggs. Writing your scary poetry. <laughs> Seriously, though. Really scary poetry. So, so scary that Veronica's like, I need to go talk to her because her poetry is scary. I need to make sure she's okay. Well, and, and Kevin's like, why do you give a shit? And she's like, because of my old school, I basically almost drove somebody to suicide. <laughs> uh, and I love how Kevin's reaction to everything is like, oh, What? <laughs> He doesn't give a shit. Like, when he tells them that Ethel's dad tried to commit suicide, he's like, oh my god, did you hear? I love Kevin. <laughs> he tried to kill himself. Kevin, be a human. <laughs> I have a feeling he'd be a terrible date. <laughs> Just being so mean. 
Uh, he's, he, tell, he told his dad that he's the only nice gay kid in the school. I don't think Kevin's that nice. <laughs> no, he's, he's a complete fucking jerk. <laughs> he's a bitch. <laughs> oh, and I love him for it. I love when they're hanging out in that really nice studio. That school is so nice. I want to well, go to that it's, school. <laughs> it's all that maple syrup money. Jesus. That, I think it's chapter nine where Jug Jug uh, waxes prolific on the history of maple syrup. That's something else that we just need to put away. <laughs> I don't care about the maple syrup dynasty. Yeah. Did you notice when she tapped that tree, it looked like water? Yeah. Why? Is that what maple syrup looks like? I don't... Like, when it starts to come out? Like, do you have to wait a second before, like, you get to the the true syrup? I don't know how that works. You know what? You know, know I was... I was genuinely thinking blood was going to come out of the tree. That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) I was like, these fucking vampires. These fucking vampires, they put bodies in the trunks. Well, I thought it was, yeah, I mean, beyond that, I thought it was going to go wrong. It's Archie's mother dead in a tree. I thought the, uh, when are we going to get Molly Ringwald? That's a good question. I mean, people keep saying that, like, she's on this goddamn show, but I'm surprised we haven't seen her yet. Um, But I I thought the tree tapping thing was going to go wrong. Like, like it looked like the syrup was drying out Mm -hmm. somehow. And I thought, like, oh, she's going to think that it's her fault. We, we, We just need more... I need a lot more of the Twin Peaks, like, cinematography stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the shot where Cheryl is marking out Archie and Polly's faces in that photo. Yes. Because she's, like, in moonlight in her creepy bed. I just need more of that. Because yeah. if we could get the balance right, then I think I would be more willing to put up with this sort of mundane bullshit about, like, land rights and all that stuff. Yeah. Get weirder. I, Just get... Why not? Just get fucking weirder. But don't have adults fuck kids. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Um, though, um, fucking uh, the Blossom uh, Taylor um, that makes Archie this fucking badass suit. Oh, that's a great suit. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're all dressed like warblers from the Shogli. <laughs> um, they all look like they're in an acapella group for high schoolers. But that yes. is a great suit. I, I would love a bright red suit like that. Yeah. I would... I, it, it would be obnoxious as hell, but I would go to every wedding in that suit. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, oh, look, it's Jonathan. <laughs> Hello. Um, I love that moment where they're dancing and, like, Polly reveals that she's playing Prego Detective. Uh, Prego, so Prego Detective. <laughs> Prego Detective. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Vetoed. Vetoed, Jonathan. I draw a line here. Um, but they're dancing... In an area of the room that makes no sense. Like, well, of course. You'd think there would be a, a like a dance area, but no, they just get up from the dining table and walk two feet to the left in a very cramped space. Well, you know why? Because um, they're at dinner, and people don't dance at people dinner. People do not dance at dinner. That doesn't <laughs> like, make any could, sense. If we pulled the camera out and saw this room, it's everyone else sitting at a dining table eating dinner, and then these two random weirdos just dancing for seemingly no reason. Man... Look, this will look completely natural. We'll just start dancing. When, Why are those two kids dancing? It's really weird. <laughs> with that, with, I think there were like two couples at most at once. Um, that that moment where Cheryl is like, "Do you like the taste of my lipstick, Archie? It's maple syrup sweet." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then every time Jughead kisses Betty, I'm like, "No, this is wrong. I think you're brother and sister, and you just don't even know it." Well, it seemed that, I mean, are you with me on, like, it doesn't make any sense. They have no actual chemistry. I mean, I, 
I don't buy it for a second. I, I like I, I can't buy just Jughead in a relationship with anybody because no. of you know a million years of Archie history. But Jughead loves hamburgers, not people. Exactly. He has an affinity for people. He's like Loki. <laughs> he sees them as but fools, <laughs> but he loves the hamburger. <laughs> so I, I love this show. Like I can't believe how much I enjoyed this show. I'll definitely keep watching it, and not not just for the reasons of keeping up for, with it for Ramjack's sake. Right. Um, I just, at the end of the day, where's my shirtless Archie? Where's my shirtless Archie? <laughs> Have him punch something. <laughs> I just, it's... Also, Jughead in a tank top? Yes, please. <laughs> Doing construction work, which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. How, what would Jughead do on a construction crew? <laughs> um, eat hamburgers? Well, his dad... To be fair, is an alcoholic construction worker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. What I, I I really I don't care about the the um, antics of Veronica's parents. Like I just I cannot care oh, about that at all. Of of course not. No. I I think it's really annoying that we haven't seen the dad in the first place yet. Uh, yeah. Like that's who's gonna be some stunt casting? Yeah, I was about to say you got to get someone good. I don't know who that's gonna be, but um, <laughs> it's I I don't know who the hell that that's gonna be, but. Yeah, it's just, I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. Veronica's mom is stupid. She She's not handling this well. She wants to make her business legitimate, but it's still run by a criminal. You can't do anything about that. Like, your husband is running everything from behind bars, and no matter what you... He sent people to beat the shit out of your fucking sweet-ass Archie Dad Lovers crew. Like, he does, he's not going to let you succeed. He's actively working against his own self-interest just to fucking piss you off. No. Like, come on. Like, just throw in the towel. Move. <laughs> Get a divorce. Why isn't she getting a divorce? <laughs> it's, a, it's a damn good question. And you know Veronica is going to testify against him. She ripped those pearls off her neck. I, that was very upsetting for me. I'm like, uh, Veronica has to wear pearls. Damn nope. it. Nope. No more. No, 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 like, no, no. How, how now? How will we know which one's Betty and which one's Veronica? <laughs> well, maybe the next episode she'll she'll be wearing pearls, and she's like, I mean, I do like pearls. <laughs> she just bought her own pair. I hope so. A pair of a pair of necklace pearls. <laughs> I don't think that's how it's, that's it. A strand. Uh, well, Brad, we've been talking about something that we uh, enjoy for the most part, even though we have some issues with it. I think we might be able to flip the script and talk about something. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't have the strongest opinions because you've heard a lot more of this than I have. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, the NPR podcast S-Town, which is apparently known as Shittown, but I refuse to call it that because that's a terrible name. Well, um, the name of it is Shittown, though it's labeled everywhere S-Town, so, uh, which pisses me the fuck off. Like the, the act of censorship? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I fucking hate arbitrary language censorship. And either call it Shittown or call it S-Town. First of all, it's stupid to call it S-Town because no one says S-Town. They say Shittown throughout the podcast, throughout the series, yeah. when they're talking about the town. Be consistent. When he's introducing the podcast, he says, this is Shittown. Um, so uh. clearly they just censored it, which, uh, find another title. Then you, you have to find another title. Did you listen to the entire first season of Serial? I know. I never listened to Serial. Okay, so I did. I was on the cruise ship at the time. I, I, I went with it to the very end. It, it, it really was just a sack of wet farts at the end of it. There was, there was no payoff, and I really learned my lesson. So with this, 
trumpeting itself as from the creators of cereal, blah, 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 blah. The creators of cereal and This American Life. Which I don't listen to either, so no. that's not something helpful for me. No, thank you. Um, I looked up that episode. You remember that episode of This American Life we talked about a long time ago? Uh, with the suicide? Yeah, I, I found that again, and I was like, I still think this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so keep in mind, these are the same people who brought you those two things. So if you love it, and 10 million people did in four days, four days, I think my podcast is doing okay. It's not. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 10 million downloads in four days. So right from the get-go, I knew something was not going to work for me because it's the same old shit. Uh, yeah, that's that was, that was my initial thoughts. It's the atmospheric music that is telling you a little bit too much about how you should feel. It's it's got a good like it's a good theme, but like it really wants you to like all right, fucking sit down because we're about to tell you the most insane story you've ever heard. Don't don't like just calm down. Not everything is in cold blood, okay? Yeah. I know that you think you need that, but just maybe let the story breathe a little bit more. Um, and then that opening of the first episode where he talks about clocks for yeah. maybe four minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's the most NPR thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I, I, okay, so I, I only listened to this because Alex uh, asked me about it because he had listened to it. Um, and he suggested I listen to it. Fair enough. And I was like, well, all right, you know, um, hearing from Alex these days is is rare, so I will indulge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I listened to it. Um, I listened to the whole thing over the weekend. It's only like eight episodes, so it's not it's not that time consuming, but it's still still a thing, huh? Yeah, I'd say each episode is what maybe close to an hour or something like that. Yeah. It, it varies, but. So, uh, over the course of a couple of, uh, nights, I, I knocked it out. Um, first of all, it was a little hard to get through just because it was a little too close to home. <laughs> like, it was some real t- herda hata. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like some Tennessee trash. I will say, <laughs> Tennessee trash, clogging up the highway. <laughs> um, that, that town, I will say this, they do a very good job of painting how bad the town is. Between, yeah. what is the name of the guy that he's interviewing? Like, the, the central character in those first couple of episodes that kills himself? Oh, fuck. Um, it's like John. I think it's John. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, John, John B. something or other. Something or other. I mean, he does a lot of the, like, you see a lot through his perspective, but th- what you get of that town, the people seem, it's like Riverdale characters. <laughs> they seem very human, and then you they say things and they do things that you're like, Okay, all right. Maybe you're not someone I would ever, ever want to talk to. Yeah, um, John B. McLemore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so it yeah. does a good job of painting the town. I'll give it that. Yeah, it feels very familiar to me, I will say. What was the most familiar thing? Like, was there like a detail, like, like a little A situation that you can sort of pull out? I think, well, one thing is just like um, when he's talking about... Um, um, just the the attitude of everyone's like nothing really matters just fuck it um mm-hmm. he's like he's basically everyone is like he because he goes to investigate um this murder story that might or might not have happened well spoiler alert it did not happen as it did not I, happen. i've only heard the first two episodes but by at that point he learns nope didn't happen right um 
And he's like, and everyone's like really um, willing to tell him about this. And he's like, um, this is a murderer. Like, I don't know if you, if we should just go ask the murderer if he murdered someone. Um, they're like, ah, oh, fuck it. What does it matter? Yeah, I'll tell you about it. Doesn't matter to me. Fuck it. Like, and that is definitely like some white trash herd of hat attitudes. It, it basically boils down to like, we're all dead anyway. Like, yeah. are we living? Are we really living? <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's the thing that like really like, that was like, oh yeah, that's, that's fucking white trash South. Because everyone's so poor that it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, You're everyone's fucked. busted. Like, everyone's just busted to shit. Yeah. Man. Uh, I mean, so yeah, the, the whole conceit is, yeah, this this guy, John B., reaches out to this NPR, the, the most NPR reporter I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he reaches out to this guy, and he's clearly obsessive and manic and super depressive and fucked up. He hates his town, and he wants him to come investigate this murder that's not a murder. It doesn't exist. And right. I can't believe, in the second episode, he had the reporter makes some sort of comment about, like, a year later. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I can't imagine any... If, I, if you came to me and said, this is what I have, I'd be like, are we really going to turn this? Like, you're really going to work on this for a year? A year. Like, you're getting paid to do that? That just seems crazy to me. For a story that has almost no threads that you can pull on. Yeah, well, it's well, it goes on to it more um, in later episodes, just the fact that they stayed in touch. Um, yeah, but uh, and, I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot of work for what, at that point, doesn't seem like it's going to turn into anything. And then I'm sure he crossed his heart and hoped to die and, like, thanked God on his knees that... John B. died because then that's a real story. Yeah, I hate yeah, that he, moment in episode two where he's like, "Little did I know that there would soon be a real murder." It's like, "Fuck you." So and then, uh, so then, basically, the whole gist of the podcast from that point um, becomes this crazy. Like, it's just it's this whole thing about uh, this guy possibly had like a, a lot of money that because he was like a lunatic that didn't believe in banks, right. so he supposedly got um his he supposedly has gold hidden in his property mm-hmm. um so there's a mystery about that then there's the mystery of like who should inherit it because he like he like you get the idea pretty early on that this guy is probably a closeted homosexual right um who may or may not, i got the sense that he may or may not have feelings for that tyler guy yeah who's sort so, of like his ward yeah, and so Tyler becomes um, a major player here. So basically, after John B. commit and guys, sorry, spoilers. Did we, I was about to say, did we say spoiler alert? <laughs> spoiler alert. The S stands for to, spoiler. <laughs> if you want to listen to eight hours of S Town, which uh, that's your choice. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're actually telling me all this, so I don't have to like think about yeah, it. <laughs> I I really like if if you like serial, if you like this American Life. I, it's an interesting character study, I think. That's what a lot um, of people use to justify it. The, at the end of the day, a lot of people are like, it, it's not really true crime. No, it's it's no, a character study. It's But the th- it does the thing that This American Life um, always did that annoyed me. It's like, um, you know, uh, it's you know the, the reality of the situation is everything's really complicated. You know, you think you know what's going on, but it's actually a lot more complex. What is truth? <laughs> Which is such a dangerous idea. And I'm like, and that's my problem with this, is because overall, this just becomes, like, these shows are edited in such a way to make, to lead you down a path, and then pull the rug out from under you and say, ah, 
But there's also this angle to the story that I haven't told you about yet. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's it's shaping these characters and then showing you the opposite side of them. And then, oh, maybe who knows what really happened. Um, so, so it comes down to, so after he dies, there'd been a lot of talk that he wanted to leave um, things to Tyler. And Tyler would help take care of his mother. Um, well, after he dies, these cousins from Florida come into town. Uh-oh. Um, the Blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, they take over the property. They lock Tyler out. Um, they keep um, the mother away from Tyler. And then there's, like, a legal battle. Because oh, Tyler's God. trying to get some of his belongings. Um, but then we find out that Tyler's just kind of a sketchy asshole and stole a bunch of stuff from the property. Um, and he's been going there at night with, like, a metal detector to try to find gold. What the fuck? Good lord. And, and it's a sketchy all over. Like, and I... Everyone's an asshole. <laughs> Ty- Tyler's an asshole, but... Um, and John B. was, like, weirdly taking advantage of him in a way because he's, like, poor and desperate. And uh, all of, like, John B... We find out about some of John B.'s relationships. Um, and that it's all very strange. His and relationships? We, yes. Because, uh... He had he had he had dated a guy before in another in a similar situation to Tyler, um, where they weren't really dating and he was straight and it was like basically he just God. like he, it's like a Batman and Robin weirdo scenario where he just takes this young dude under his wing and looks out for him because he's troubled and then he gets frustrated when that guy like gets in a relationship with a woman and cuts him off. And so, right before John B. committed suicide, Tyler and his girlfriend had, like, I, I, like, I don't know, they, I, I, their relationship got more serious or something, and he told John B. about it. I, it's, like, it's, I just, I feel, you feel bad for John B. because clearly he's just this awkward guy that's, yeah. like, a brilliant clock repair guy. Um, he's, uh, according to this, he's, like, one of the, he, he's one of the top, I don't even remember the term for it, but he repairs, like, antique clocks. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, one of the top in the U.S. But also, he did, like, these weird methods where you use mercury, which probably gave him mercury poisoning and gave him mental issues. Jesus Christ. So it's, I mean, there's a lot of characters. It's a lot of complexity. But in the end, everybody is just kind of... Kind of an asshole. (laughs) It's shit town. Like, it's it's shit town. Forget it, Jake. Um, Everyone's garbage. But what's the murder angle? There's no murder. Well, he said that there was a murder. <laughs> it's not a murder. There's the death of John B., which is a suicide. That's such, bu- that's such the, bullshit. The that... relatives from Florida, whom at first you're led to believe are pure villains, um, turns out they're pretty much normal people, huh? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're trying just... to keep out somebody who's, like, not a relative. Right. We don't and, owe you um, anything. But they think that Tyler... Um, Tyler messed with his mind and convinced him to commit suicide. So they think there's a murder, but... God, well, I'm glad I know all this now. That's not worth it. That, that no. I don't think that story sounds worth it at all. It's... No, it's not. It's... I mean, there's it's there's a story of a, of a white trash dude named Tyler. There's a story of um, this gay man in the South that was afraid to be openly in a gay relationship. Um, which is heart- couple- which is heartbreaking. Yeah, and that's- there's another there's another guy that's um, like around his age that was um, gay and also lived in Alabama, and they actually had there like that hearing that guy's um, story is I think that's probably the most interesting part because he's he's like a former military guy and he's very 
He's very straight-laced and very forward, but... Um, like he's very straight-seeming? Y- no, 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 no. I mean straight-laced as in, like, he's he's very matter-of-fact military style. Uh, uh-huh. Um, like, he's, he says, like, sexual encounters, and... Oh. Like, it's... The terminology is very military, dude. And this is a guy who was in an actual gay relationship with John B. Yes. As opposed to John B. trying to, like, woo some sort of random straight person. Yes. While teaching them about complex trigonometry. And it that that to me, I was like, yeah, this guy clearly has like a mental issue. But it got really obnoxious after a while to hear him yeah. like, I was like, I don't want to hear him ranting about shit. It's annoying. Yeah. I, I like, because I, there was a part of me that was like, it's man, if I, had, if, if I had stayed trapped in Jackson, I might have gone this kind of crazy where I'm just talking about how shitty everything is. Talking about like um, false flags, up, false flag operations. Yeah. But he's a complete nutcase. Like, he's just so... Like, and it's clearly... And clearly, likely because of uh, the mercury poisoning. Um, I mean, I was about to say. Because he had been doing this weird, like, um, mercury um, thing since he was 15. Um, It's like a weird way of, like, um, doing some, like, gold embossing on clocks that hasn't been done in years because it's incredibly dangerous. And he had been doing it since he was 15 years old. Oh, my God. So, and he had all the symptoms of mer- of mercury poisoning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But they talked about, like, they also talked about, like, earlier, like, there was a time before I, whatever the hell happened to his mind happened, and he was, like, a pillar of the community. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And there, you know that he understood what he was doing to himself. He was, yeah. he, th- this person is too intelligent at, at a base level to not understand that he is doing something very dangerous. And he had stopped doing the Mercury uh, thing, um, like, two years previous to uh, this whole story starting. Well, too late. Because <laughs> he was afraid of the effects. Oh my, oh my god, that doesn't make any sense. It's, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a the, very weird story. It's interesting, but I don't know if it's worth the time. No, so it's done. Yeah. They ended it after what? Like eight eight episodes or something like that? Yes. I am so I'm I will never get over how you just told me that entire story. I will never get over how the NPR reporter in the second episode says that there will be a murder. I really loathe that level of manipulation. Will not be a murder. Fuck off. That's so irritating. That's a trick. It's just a stupid trick. It's not good storytelling. It's a stupid trick. If you, um, t- if, w- if you were honest and was just like, it, you could say that someone would wind up dead, and that would be less of a manipulation than what they actually did. Yeah. Would you say that there was a murder? Sorry. It's fucking stupid. The uh, the, the one person that, well, the one uh, thing that doesn't really get, um, we don't really see the other side of is, um, like, the uh, guy that's in charge of, like, the KKK lumber mill. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, whatever the hell is going on with that. I assume yeah, that, that they guy, just abandoned that. That guy's a racist. No, they come back to him. Oh, um, really? And he is racist. Oh, yeah. Well, they, he asked him, he's like, so, um, there's some people that think, um, the name of your uh, business, um, might have to do with a certain, uh, um, clan. Um, you know, he's talking in his NPR, like, mm-hmm. polite bullshit way. And the guy's like, well, you sound like one of those people that wouldn't be too happy with the results of the last election. So it's like, oh, okay, so you're a racist and your business is named for the clan. Right. No, it's named after my brothers. No, no, fuck you. Oh, I guess you're one of them liberal, uh, liberals from the city that doesn't like the results of the election. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I suppose that when a black boy whistles at your wife, you don't want to lynch him. (laughs) That's what all these people, I, 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 
Just remember that every time people use the term dog whistle for a reason, every time someone uses the term like PC police or anything like that, just keep in mind that what they really want to do is just lynch people. <laughs> and yeah. like that's, I sw- I'm not being hyperbolic. When they say lock her up, what they're basically saying is like, fuck that bitch, AKA like lynch that bitch. Like they're, they are literally two steps away from just openly saying, oh, I just want to kill people. I want to kill my neighbors who I like hate and who I see as being less than me. So yeah, I mean, we get a little bit of that shit in S-Town too. When that guy goes off on that psychotic rant about like, what was it like plantation cotton? And he uses the N word like six times in 12 seconds. Yeah. Uh, oh, but that guy's that guy runs a tattoo parlor business, and John B. helped him, and they're like family. What the? F- oh, I don't. I don't. Oh care. my god. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I almost forgot. Uh, one of the other more interesting characters, um, and I guess you kind of have to feel bad for the guy. Um, it's like a cousin of Tyler's um, that got shot in the head. Oh my god. And had like a bullet like um, stuck in his brain. Um, so basically, he's got like impaired speech from that. Which basically means he's basically a human parrot. Oh no! He just like you, and it's so, and it's like really, you guys couldn't have like done a separate interview or re-recorded something because you just, he's just in the background, like, and he he can just say he gets like stuck on like a word or something, or he'll just like he just can't control like the impulses or what he's saying, so he just be like, so he'll just he'll just be having a conversation, and it's, it'll be something like, yeah, I think she just married him for the money, gold digger, gold digger. Gold digger. Gold digger. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. He's a parrot. That's it's, that's that's really stupid, too, then. That, that's NPR playing up the circus element. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, that's, just the, that's just them saying, look at this weird character that we found. Isn't he weird? Oh, but we're NPR. We're very respectable. Yeah. We're showing I the mean, whole range of human experience. We're, we're showing a character from My Name is Earl. like Or the movie like, Freaks. Yeah. <laughs> the way like, they're treating him. It's it's so bizarre, and it's like this is this is strange. But also, um, just a note to everyone, um, because um, like John B, at the moment I do not have a will. Um, I just want it to be said on this podcast. Please deliver this to the courts if need be. If I ever turn into a human parrot through a freak accident, please put me down. <laughs> gold digger, gold digger. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> Uh, how did that NPR guy not get the shit beat out of him? Because <sighs> he's a mealy-mouthed NPR guy that doesn't say anything interesting or offensive. Oh, oh, inter- oh that's an interesting statement to make. <laughs> I mean, when before I went to Alabama, my wife, who's African American, suggested I make my Facebook and social media accounts private. I told her it was silly. Did you? You. But once I got down here, I realized she was right. Well, I mean, I think she is right. But the, the moment she, where... Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But the moment where he's like, I thought that she was being silly. It's like, oh, yes, because if you're you're so progressive and you just think everybody... Uh-huh. I'm sure you didn't walk into that situation having any reservations or stereotypes in your head. I'm sure there wasn't any party that was concerned about going to this crazy town. I'm sure they're just like us, my progressive, ha- my progressive black wife. <laughs> It's a different world. You're stepping into a different world. <laughs> Idiot. Well, I'm glad I didn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're better off. Uh, oh, by the way, we just got a voicemail from Alex. What? Oh, he cashed that check. What do you know? Um, 
subject yes, line is, he is. Alex Alex on S Town Audiobooks and Ooh. Parenthood. So that'll be a goodie. It's 40, 40 minutes long. <laughs> Brad, I have a a question for you. It's not from the ethicist. I d- I've decided that I'm going to hold off on the ethicist for a bit until we can maybe stockpile some more material. Uh, I feel like I, I appeared on the show so recently that we haven't been able to. The questions these days, not that great. I'll just say that. Not that great. Um, but what if I told you I have a question from 2004 from a website known as supernaturalwoman.com. Oh my. Not supernatural as in spooky ooky ghosts. Aww. She's a super natural woman. Ew. <laughs> She's a natural woman. Okay. Uh, this is a crazy website that very much looks like it was made in 2004. Uh, crazy wallpaper background. The menu is uh, unsettling at best. It is supernaturalwoman.com. And there are some letters here in the advice section of this website. And one of them is from <laughs> Hannah V. H A N N E V. Hi, I'm just a Hannah V. And I'm going to, uh, it's a little long, but I, I think it might be more satisfying than S-Town. <laughs> so uh, please indulge me. All right. Namaste, dear Catherine. I want to share with you my recent experience with the medical system, because I know you may help me to get some insights to help heal my beautiful baby daughter, Anzara. I'm so upset, frustrated, and angry with doctors. I had enough discouragement and disappointment with the medical system. They are all drug dealers. And they are so far from truth. I thought we could trust doctors, but after my baby's life was in dangerous because of a lack of interest and caring, I'm convinced doctors are dangerous to the humanity as much as the drug corporations. You following so far? Um, barely. <laughs> About four months ago, this is in 2004, <laughs> uh, this baby is now a fully grown adult. <laughs> Um, I went to Brazil, and my 18-month-old baby got a really bad cold from the airplane. Got it from the airplane. Okay. When I arrived there, she had 39 C degrees and all the symptoms of a cold. She, what was her body temperature? Are we saying that her body temperature was 39 degrees Celsius? Seemingly. I took her to the doctor and he told me to manage the fever with bats and Tylenol and wait until the flu was gone. But after a week, her symptoms were worst. And I had taken her to five different doctors and they had the same things to say. Quote, give her Tylenol and relax. It's just a really bad cold. My instinct as a mother was very strong that something bigger was happening, and I kept searching, trying homeopathy, aromatherapy in different Uh. times, and taking her to doctors as nothing was working to keep her fever down, not even the Tylenol. One day, after 15 or more days of watching my baby get getting worse, 15 days, Stop saying worse. I got up crying my heart off and noticed my baby wasn't waking up very well. I, cr- I cried my heart off. Cried my heart off, Dad. My name's Hannah V. Sure. She hadn't peed or drank any water for 26 hours, and it was extremely hot in my city, so I need she was dehydrated. <laughs> K-N-E-E-D. <laughs> I took her in my arms and ran to a public hospital where I paid extra money so they would give me an x-ray of her upper body. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Then a doctor with the results told me, run to the emergency. Because your baby lungs is covered with pneumonia. (laughs) And she must be hospitalized immediately. Your baby lungs is covered with pneumonia. Run to the emergency because your baby lungs is covered with pneumonia. 
maybe get a second opinion. <laughs> well, she's been to 30 doctors at this point. She wanted an x-ray of the baby's upper body. This woman's a fucking moron. I couldn't believe in what I was hearing and her eyes expression. I was devastated and very angry with the private expensive doctors that had consulted my child. I wanted to sit in the floor and cry all my tears, but I kept strong for my baby. So after being hospitalized and taking antibiotics, she improved. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the Western medicine and the Western doctors did help. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Hmm. Now it has, one word, now it has been five months since her disease and she is still couching a lot. Only at night. <laughs> Her cough, I'm sorry, couch. Her couch is a very wet, mucousy couch. <laughs> and I was suspecting of allergies since her couch comes and goes. But we eat very healthy and I tried different homeopathies, which improved a lot. But it's still there. Doesn't, that's not a thing. Also, I've been giving her some EFAs and probiotics, but the couch is still there. What is an EFA? I have no clue. Last week I told her... Last week I took her to the doctor and the doctor recommended to wait a bit more to see if the couch would go away by itself. You do know that she only wrote couch once, right? <laughs> Essential fatty acid, by oh, the way. There we go. Um, so the doctor said that she should wait a bit more and the couch would go away by itself. I wanted to punch her in her face, but I just got my bag and left her office. Again All this right. week, took her to another really good kits doctor. And I explained my situation and kindly asked her to prescribe me a blood analysis test for allergy. And she replied that she could do that, but she wants me to try some drug first and see if the symptoms would go away. And then, if didn't work, she would prescribe me this test. She also said that the drug could cause nausea and drowsiness in the beginning of the treatment. I started to cry in front of her and I told her I was tired to make experiments with my baby and give her drugs that only made her worst. Again, I wanted to shake her and punch her in the face, screaming, Can't you see? If you can't help, don't give me some new drug without knowing what is the cause of her disease? Question mark, question mark, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Are you dumb? Exclamation point, exclamation point. Anyways, I didn't say that, but I left her office with a pain bigger than. <laughs> That's a very Southern thing to say. I left that house with a pain bigger than. <laughs> When I entered, that's a sentence. <laughs> My heart was really broken. I was devastated to know what doctors are really about or the medical system. And I'm still searching and looking for help to heal my baby completely, but not at conventional doctors, or should I say, not with drug dealers. My dear friend, Catherine, I'm so glad to find some real support with you. Please let me know if you have any insights that might help me and my baby. I appreciate enormously your kindness and care with one another. Let's stay close to the light and feed our hungry hearts and minds with truth and nature. Thank you so much. Hugs, Hannah V. Um, do you want to hear Hannah V's response? Absolutely. Dear Hannah, conventional medicine is for the unconscious. It makes us all sick. Ugh, fuck you. Every word except for the words is and makes in that sentence is capitalized. Like it's a headline. Oh boy. What a what an what unpainful and totally unnecessary experience for any capital mother and capital baby what? to undergo. What and painful? What unpainful and totally unnecessary experience. Oh. A N. What an painful. In a lost world capitalized. In a lost of Jurassic world. Park? Yes. Where Madonna and Child, both capitalized, should be capitalized, irrevocably honored by society. 
You have undoubtedly received shameful and absolutely earthless. Did you see the Madonna and Child uh, irrevocably honored by society tour? I did. It was okay. I saw it after the Lost World of Jurassic Park. <laughs> tour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On ice. <laughs> you have undoubtedly received shameful and absolutely earthless behavior. E-A-R-T-L-E-S-S. <laughs> Blessings to beautiful both of you all. Every word in that sentence was capitalized. As I read your letter and see those many unshed tears fall from your flushed and pretty cheek. <laughs> I know your pain. What comes As, up? Wait, 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 I know. wait, 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 wait. She saw As the unshed. As I read your letter and see those many unshared tears fall from your flushed and pretty cheek. Yes. You, I saw the un. Okay. Uh huh. Right. Yep. I know I your pain. I saw the ghost tears. <laughs> Shadow tears. What comes up for me as I gratefully allow your words and ancient bleeding wounds to seep in is, uh, quote, pure water, quote, rest, and, quote, the nurturing sweetness of the breast. Oh, my. My, my. <laughs> if, if our lovers could be as sweet as you apes, <laughs> then my God. It is, it is the will of our creator <laughs> that we are to be dominated by those such as ourselves. Oh, that's so dear God, let it be true. (laughs) As a proud breastfeeding advocate and detached parent, I realize that you know the absolute and unadulterated power of a mother's milk. The various immune-boosting antibodies to be found within these sacred vessels is a miracle unto itself. In our earlier phone conversation, you confided that Anzara just wants to be on the breast. Exactly. She is following her ailing body's supernatural instincts. As the goddess Earth, a mother who loves her best, your primal urgings can surely and mindfully attest. Own your power, sweet and succulent mother. You have wanted to go raw for the longest and most seemingly arduous while. Permit your wee she. <laughs> W-E-E-S-H-E. Permit your wee she, goddess creature, to do just that, from whence she powerfully came. Mother's n- Mother Nature's body cleansing, blood purifying, colon detoxification is soon to take blessed place. Now put a smile back on that prettiest of a magical mother's face. P.S. We all have so much untapped potential and immeasurable powers. Remember to slow down and keep trusting. You could send $20 for advice. Um. You send it to the address at the bottom. Catherine A. Marion, 401-1106 Pacific Street, Vancouver, V6E124. Vancouver? Hmm? You're a Canadian. You should know better. You would think. She's also selling uh, posters for $20 that say yoga in the city. And another poster that says, Supernatural Summer in Vancouver. Oh, boy. Great posters. Uh, oh, my God. I'm on her website. And what the fuck is this? Oh, this is some, like, trailer trash nature woman. I don't I, understand. I, I tried to tell you. The website is crazy, is it not? <laughs> it is. I just don't like all these weird, like, bikini shots. She's making a lot of goofy faces, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Yeah. Sign my petition to abolish legalized child abduction in Canada. What? What's this uh, what full-size poster available? It looks like a sexy maid poster. Wait, where do I find that? Um, It's near the top under the happy uh, the birthday wish list. Oh my. <laughs> I don't even know where like, to begin to look. Um, It's like uh, the first yellow bar. Oh. Oh no. It just says, full poster available, contact me for details, and there's an email link. So, Ugh. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at here. Good lord. Ugh. Gross. 
So she's been updating this regularly. Like this is a post from January 5th of this year. But that advice column I think has absolutely fallen apart. Well, let me see. Oh, we can follow her on Twitter. Let's oh, see what's can on. we? Let's, uh, my raw truth. Nope. Oh God, here's the here's that photo again. Ugh. Is she stop p- it with this? Is she this p- like burlesque shit? Yeah, is she like pantsless in half of these photos? I think so. What is her handle? Uh, my raw truth. How many followers are we looking at here? Uh, we're looking at 593 followers. That's, that's a lot more than I have. So that's yeah, I think. Oh, man. The astonishing true story of a CDC criminal conspiracy. Gardening by the moon calendar. (laughs) I have 299 followers, so I'm getting there. (laughs) Slowly but surely, my raw raw dog. (laughs) I have almost uh, half as many. I have more than half as many. Uh, Do you think Bridget Dunn would appreciate this woman? (laughs) Um, no, but I think she would hate her for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's probably true. You don't like dogs? I love my dogs. I take lots of photos of them. Way too many. <laughs> Why do you post these scandalous photos of yourself? Space question mark exclamation point. Be proud of who you are. The real you. Weird capitalization. My precious one. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> oh, poor Kelly Joe. They had, like, photos of, like, like lacrosse players, like, with creepy, like, Oedipal fucking captions of, like, my my young man becoming a grown man, so strong, so powerful, so proudful, prideful. <laughs> like, all right, okay. All right, what's happening? God, what does this website, why is she in all these bikini shots? I, I don't know. Like, look, like, live your truth, but... Come on, these photos also look super old. <laughs> yeah, and not flattering. I mean, they're just not flattering in the way that it's a 2002 digital camera. That's true, but like, just the poses are not. No, like, it's, it's, it's like, awkward. It's very awkward. Oh, a lot of homeschooling links I see too. Look, I can't look at this anymore. <laughs> um, I said I'd just read um, the latest thing that my dead aunt's <laughs> longer dead chihuahua posted on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, um, Was there another recent example of that In the Facebook group Like someone um, posted something very similar to that Like a dead person posting Oh I'm not sure I I, I, feel, I, like, remember, I feel like that happened but. Um, so we got two things um, One we've got a recipe to make Cute little uh, um, Strawberries you cover them in chocolate um, That's uh, White chocolate that you Uh uh, put uh, orange food coloring in, and you make them look like little carrots, and then you plant them in brownies so it looks like a little carrot patch. That's one thing. Would you listen to an eight-part series trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this Facebook profile? Because I think uh, I would. I, yeah, I would. Definitely. Um, also, there's a, um, a Jesus song. Um, oh, the blood of Jesus in English and Hebrew. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for pulling me out of the muck I was in and setting me on my feet on solid ground. Wait, reincarnate. Wait. <laughs> is- That's what the post says, and then there's a link to a song. Is this relative alive now? I- have, they, have, they been, have they been brought back from the muck? Um, my dead aunt, longer dead chihuahua, was brought back <laughs> from the muck? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's what I'm saying to you. I could be. Could be. Don't know. <laughs> D- don't know. I had a pain bigger than. Hi. <laughs> Uh, okay, all right. Just, just to, to pre- so 
you know, there's like the memories thing on Facebook where like you all your older photos like can pop up. Um, and there's a photo of my dead aunt with a um, great grand. It, the post says great granddaughter love with nanny. Um, that's what the post says. It's my aunt uh, with apparently two of her great grandchildren. Um, and then my dead aunt's the longer chihuahua that's commenting says sweetest memories exclamation mm, point. No, 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 no. This was posted March 10th. Whose memories are these? What is truth? <laughs> Our memories ours for the taking, Brad? I'm gonna take I your s- memories when you're dead, Brad. <laughs> I just always, like, when my aunt was alive, I just assumed this was, like, a second Facebook profile. Like, you know, sometimes you have two or something. I don't know. And she just forgets which one she's posting under. And then she died, and there's still posts. Brad, if you, if you pass away in an untimely manner... I would like the part of your living will for me to be that I get to control your Twitter and I will post as you. <laughs> oh, that yes, yes, but only if you, only if you make it extremely mysterious Ooh. as to who's actually posting. Okay, fair. <laughs> Is it Brad? Is it? Just, just leave a little bit of a question. <laughs> I probably wouldn't do a very good job at it. <laughs> I think pretty early on people would be like, "Now nah, we know what this is." <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it is me. I am Brad. Ooh, church. <laughs> Shorts. Oh, never. A gray in my house? Oh, I am I am quite spooked. <laughs> X-Files, boo. <laughs> oh, fucking X-Files. There's like X-Files news that comes out. Oh, more X-Files? No, thank you. <laughs> God, I hate it so much. That audiobook's coming. Whatever the fuck no, that is. Not what, on my watch whatever that is. They get, but they get fucking stupid David Duchovny and poor Gillian Anderson to fucking come in. Because you know what people love? The sound of David Duchovny's voice. Scully, I was just wondering why you were up so late. Scully, it's <laughs> probably um, a Muslim. <laughs> Scully, you know how, Scully me bully. <laughs> you know how the terrorists are. Stupid Muslim terrorist. <laughs> oh, Chris Carter wrote this book, I guess. Just saying, most racist thing I've ever seen on television was an episode of X Files from 2016. We getting that second season? I hope not. That's and when I say second season, I mean like the 15th season. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, season 11. Barf. Why do you think? Why do you think Brandon and I are pulling the plug before the third season of Fuller House? Everyone's just like, "Well, you should do that too." I'm like, "Nope." (laughs) I. You don't know how long those things are going to keep getting renewed. You just don't know. If I, I'm just, I, I know I've said it before, but with, if we have to stop talking about Quantum Leap, which is delightful, and start talking about X Files again, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I mean, you can you can very just throw up your hands and say, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I and that might happen. I mean, I can understand why you would want to see it through, but at the end of the day, it's your it's your sanity that we're talking about. I mean, the only thing is, I feel like if I've watched this much fucking X Files, like, um, the only joy I took out of it was getting to talk shit about it every week. Mm, true, and you'll keep you'll get to keep doing that if it gets renewed. I don't see why it would it would. The ratings were not very good, right? No, they weren't. I feel like I I heard about that. It did not make a splash. And, well, Chris was talking to me because he was like, that was on Netflix, right? And I said, no, that was on Fox. And I actually think it would have done better if it was on Netflix. Yeah, it would have, definitely. Because I think that garners more of, like, a credibility somehow. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Netflix would have immediately renewed it. Oof. Again, I'm saying. Oof. 
It's been on the air for 20 minutes. It's the most streamed thing we've ever made. <laughs> God. Lies, 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 lies. I don't want it. I don't want it. Why can't we just more Quantum Leap? That'd be interesting. It'd be so good. <sighs> uh, I do say. <laughs> I'm saying if anyone's uh, listening to this podcast that isn't listening to Calavici Fashion Cast, um, the last episode we talked about the Man of La Mancha episode, uh, Catch a Rising Star, which is the most influential hour of television in my entire life. So go listen to that episode. Why is it the most influential? Um, because it it it's the it's about Man of La Mancha. It's I it, because of it I got into musicals and read Don Quixote. I was about to ask if like you had already read the book before seeing that show. No, it was all based on that. There you go. So uh, my entire life would be entirely different without a, that episode of television. It showed you a path and you said, yes. Yes. And it's still really good. And Ernie Sabella's in it. <laughs> yeah, dummies. Uh. Friends, thank you for joining us on this very special episode of the Ramjack Podcast. Why was it so special? Because it was, dummies. Deal with it, all right? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, because you were here to enjoy it. You, the listener. <laughs> no, it was special because I said it was special. <laughs> you stupid fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, assholes. Why are you questioning me? <laughs> oh, God. You don't get a vote here. What a threat. That's not how this works. Don't you question me. <laughs> I said it was special and it's fucking special, all right? <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, we got a couple of voicemails here, and I'm going to play them now. Whoa. Hey, Ram Jack, it's Claire. Uh, I've got another monster sighting for you. I'm recording live pretty much from the scene. Uh, I don't know what's going on. As soon as the sun comes out in London, apparently all the monsters come out because there's been a lot of them lately. So anyway, I was just in my local supermarket, Asda. Um, think like Publix, big supermarket. Um, I was going down the... Uh, the fruit and veg aisle. Um, I had my, my uh, headphones in. I was actually listening to the latest episode of Ramjack with Tammy and Dan, which was awesome. Uh, also, red uh, red bean paste in uh, in pastries. Yes, yummy, yummy Japanese food. I ate a lot of that when I was in San Francisco. Yum yum yum. Anyway, so I'm pottering around, and I can hear a bit of a commotion. So I'm like, what's going on? This guy's got a raised voice. I look over. There's this guy standing there with uh, one of the supermarket trolleys that has the little um, pull-out seat bit that you can put your child in. And he's got like quite a few bits in his trolley. There's a little child in the child seat bit. And there's, he's like raising his voice. And all I can hear him saying is, well, what's your problem? Well, what's your problem? Well, what's your problem? I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? And he's kind of like arguing with this man and woman who also have like a little trolley but like a little mini trolley and uh, are kind of standing there and they're getting into an argument and he's just kind of saying this like what's your problem what's your problem they're gesturing at his trolley and that's when i realized that um yeah the child in his trolley it wasn't a child it was a cat he has a cat in his trolley (laughs) in like a little blanket thing it's a cat it's a living cat in asda and he's shopping for fruit and veg. Now, I like cats. I, I love cats, you know I do. But um, I'm not taking my cat to the supermarket because that's really weird. 
Like, you don't even take your dogs in the supermarket unless they're a service animal. Why, why, are, you, why are you taking your cat for a walk? Why, why are you taking your cat out to, to do some food shopping in the supermarket? What is wrong with you, dude? So, yeah, he's just uh, there with his trolley, buying some fruit and veg with his cat, because, sure, why not? Um, this guy's a monster. That cat could be sitting at home in the sun, in the garden, enjoying this nice weather, and instead is being carted around in a blanket in as the fruit and veg aisle. Monster. Um, anyway, yeah, I will report if I see any more monsters in the coming weeks. Bye. That is gross. I mean, it's no squamp. I mean, ugh. Ugh. I actually thought it was going to be weirder than it wound up being. To be totally honest, I thought maybe if he, what if he was feeding the cat in the supermarket? I love the argument. What's your problem? What's your problem? Um, you have a cat in the grocery store. What's your problem? You have a cat in the grocery store. Yeah, I know what my problem is. <laughs> my problem is you have a cat in the grocery store. You gross fuck. Ugh. Ugh. You shouldn't even have cats for pets. You certainly shouldn't have them in the grocery store. <laughs> if I may say. Ugh. Get out of here, cat man. Oh, so, uh, yeah, there's a monster. Guys, um, April Anarchy, it's fast approaching, so uh, please send in those monsters. Maybe it was a scurrilous cat. <laughs> oh, what if it was? When I go what downtown, I don't clown around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. oh, damn that rum tom tugger. And when the police show up, the cavity's not there. <laughs> All right, show, calm down. Um... So we got another voicemail um, from an old friend uh, of the show. Who? Hey, Graham Jack, this is Alex. Who? Calling to give an update about life and things happening down here. Or, I guess, in Cincinnati. I say down here because I am in the uh, Ram Jack recording studio in the basement. Uh, my family is now asleep upstairs. Um, I had to walk little Vera to sleep outside. She loves going outside. And she loves walks with me, so that's great. Um, but um, I just want to pause for a second to say, Alex, you went down to the Ramjack recording studio to record a voicemail. Um, while we're recording the podcast, because you just sent this in, you could have just gotten on Skype for a second. Cool. <laughs> like, you're going to send us an 11-minute voicemail, but you can't just, like, hop on Skype for a second? All right, whatever. Yes, they are upstairs for now, sleeping. Um, we don't get a lot of sleep around here since she's been born, and that's okay. You know, she's a little thing, and she is on her own schedule, and she's learning a lot about the world. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I walk her around, and I will sing 80s nostalgic songs to her, or 90s songs, or television theme songs. I'm sure you can guess which ones. Anyway, all is fine here. My daughter uh, is one month and nine days old as of now. So, yeah, I have tons of stories to relay once I actually come on to the podcast again properly. But in the meantime, I'm going to be sending you guys, uh, yeah, this kind of correspondence where I just record something and send it in, kind of like a voicemail. So, uh, yeah. Literally a voicemail. It's good to be back. So, yeah, I know Brad and Jonathan are probably going to be talking about S-Town on this podcast. And... Um, much like Serial, I found S-Town interesting, but ultimately kind of lacking. It, like most things that This American Life kind of puts its fingers in, it, it can become very exploitative, and that's whatever it is. But, yeah, S-Town 
hits a little too close to home, especially for me and Brad, I guess. Uh, perhaps for Jonathan as well, because I know parts of Kentucky can be kind of southern-ish, but goodness. Um, I can. Any of these people could have come from one of the satellite cities of Jackson, where Brad and I were raised in Tennessee. Defo. Easily. Like, I know people who sound like this, who talk like this, and it's just disturbing. Anyway, one of the... I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about in S-Town, but I'll limit it to this. The fact, the, the weird thing that happens in the South is that anyone can, can say something um, that sounds kind of cool, use large words, try to talk about concepts in science, and they're immediately recognized as super smart and or genius. And we got to stop this bullshit. At one point in the last episode, which I just listened to actually today, um, the host of S-Town, after uh, John, goes on to some kind of tirade. Him and Tyler uh, have church, and they get to talking about some deep things, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the deep things that are, uh, you know, basic physics stuff about time dilation and uh, theories of relativity. I Neat stuff. Definitely, um, I guess broadening of someone's mind if they hadn't read about it or knew about it but i don't know if it's deep and i don't know if um someone's talking about that would stop someone who's an adult in their tracks and say wow you know don't worry about it i didn't understand everything he just said either I, well then fucking look it up i these are things that are common and people should just know agreed now we do know that john was a guy who um fixed like anti-clocks and a dude knew a lot of really cool things but every time he would go on a tirade and talk about meridians and stuff it's just it's the same bullshit thing that if anyone in the south says some large words or just uncommon words and kind of like outlying ideas of things that they're given some sort of weird reverence it's stupid i hate it um but s-town was interesting was it a fun ride? I don't know. It was... I, I listened to all of it, and I could have been finishing up uh, Coffee Tea or Me, which I will do. Um, I thought it was... I, just pause for a second. I love Alex doesn't finish the Murder, She Wrote book. He has <laughs> a little <laughs> baby. <laughs> but instead he listened to S-Town. Ugh. Yeah, and this dude does say some fucking Michu Kaku bullshit, and everyone acts like it's deep and important. Fuck that shit. Well, no, I don't. I, I would almost disagree. I I didn't see any evidence of anybody in that town being impressed by him. They just oh, they, they were. They, they were. I uh, everyone just thought he was a weird crank. It's not like everyone was like, oh, you're a genius. Like nobody like l- truly liked him, and like I as it goes on. Like, you get yeah. the sense that he was yeah. a big deal? Because the person yeah, that you meet in the first two episodes, at least, seems to be a bit of a pariah. Yeah, well, because, again, that's how they fucking shift things. But it, it, as it goes on, you find out that a lot more people did like him, and he liked a lot more people. Um, they all thought he was weird, but everyone did think he was really smart and a genius. Fair enough. And that's something that keeps com- it just keeps coming up. And it is based on nothing, just because he... He uses slightly elevated language because he's putting on a show. Um, he's very presentational. Like, yeah, but... He also thinks he's, he's better, better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Better than cereal, which just got... Just drug. Yeah, I mean, it was too much filler in cereal. I, I do like that they released all at once. I'm going on too much about this. Guys, let me tell you about some other stuff that I'm reading. Um, I downloaded The Disaster Artist, which is the book about um, The Room 
the the guy who played Mark uh, in the movie basically just goes on for here in 11 hours. He's, he actually narrates the book and just talks about Tommy Wiseau and all his adventures with him. And uh, they're making a movie out of it, or they already have made a movie. And I, I think it, I, I can't wait. It should be fun. Um, another book that's kind of more apropos of what's going on presently, I would just say, in my life as, I guess, a parent to a newborn. Um, I stumbled across this book, um, I think, on either Jezebel or another um, feminist. Uh, Brad, you just texted me with a thumbs up because I am recording this. This is a check. Alex is cashing. Cha-ching! Yes. So, on a blog, mostly, I guess, dedicated toward women, I came across some a book by a woman named Jauncey Dunn. It's called How to Not Hate Your Husband After Kids. Now, reading the description of this book, I, I was baffled. Uh, I laughed. But there are some things in here that, especially with people I know, again, not necessarily a personal thing at all, um, that it's just, it's interesting. Um, and the, the weirder part is not too unlike a serial or an S-Town or any given episode of This American Life. It is uh, Jauncey, or Jancy? Anyway, she <laughs> Alex. reads it kind of like that, and it's delivered kind of in that same kind of vein. So it feels... It feels... Un- I'm just pausing it for a second. I haven't looked it up, but I'm so curious. I'm going to say there's a there's a 45% chance this woman's name is Janice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's continue. Comfortable and awkward like those shows do. And it's, it's pretty amazing. So, um... A little tidbit, um, my wife's sister runs a uh, blog, um, it's pretty popular, and it's geared toward, I guess, parents, specifically uh, mothers, and Jancy contacted her and asked her to read this book, which by title alone, my wife's sister said, nope, Um, and if she read it, she would give her, like, I guess a free copy of the book and also give her some recognition. It, it was weird, but let me let me just let me keep you to some of just give me this let me give you the summary of this book really quick. This is a hilariously candid account of one woman's request request. Sorry guys, it's been a while since I've been on uh, on the radio or a podcast, goodness. A hilariously candid account of one woman's quest to bring her post-baby marriage back from the brink with life-changing real-world advice. How not to hate your husband after kids tackles the last taboo subject of parenthood. The startling, white-hot fury that new and not-so-new mothers often have for their mates. After... Jancy Dunn had her baby. She found she was doing virtually all the household chores. Even though she and her husband worked equal hours, she asked herself, how did I become an expert at changing diapers? Many expectant parents spend weeks researching the best crib or safety car seats, but spend little, if any, time thinking about the titanic impact the baby will have on their marriage and the way their marriage will affect their children. Enter Jancy. Her well-meaning, but blithely unhelpful husband, uh, who is of the worst, by the way, um, <laughs> their daughter and her boisterous extended family, who show us the ways in which 
outmoded family patterns and traditions thwart the overworked, overloaded parents of today. This book sucks. On the brink of this marital book sounds terrible. Dunn plunges into the latest relationships research. She solicits the counsel of the country's most renowned couples and sex therapists, canvasses fellow parents, and even consults an FBI hostage negotiator on how to effectively contain an explosive situation. Instead of having the same fights over and over, Dunn and her husband must figure out a way to resolve their larger issues and fix their family while there's still time. As they discover, Adding a demanding new person in their relationship means that they have to reevaluate and rebuild their marriage. In an exhilarating twist, they work together to save the day, happily returning to the kind of peaceful life they previously thought was the sole province of couples without children. Part memoir, part self-help book, <laughs> with actionable and achievable advice, none. I'm chapters into this, none. How not to hate your husband after kids is an eye-opening look at the at the man who got you into this position the first place. Oh my God. Wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm reading this weird. Look at the man who got you into this position in the first place and the ally you don't know you had. Oh God. So obviously reading this, and if you know any parents, especially I would say women who have husbands that are the worst, um, this is a weird and almost infuriating book because Jancy um, will defend her husband who, with in the first month of their newborn child, decided that he was going to tra- take up um, long-distance bicycling racing and just leaves his wife days at a time, weeks at a time, never helps with the child. Um, is pretty absent, I guess, in the f- super early part of her life because of this. Um... And yeah, just doesn't do anything to help at all with any of the household chores or responsibilities. Or if he does, it's kind of in a uh, half-assed kind of way. Um, It's kind of hilarious and also sad this woman kind of defends him. Um, It's interesting. When I come back to the show, or even maybe I might do this just as I read this book in a way to contact you guys or talk to you, I might bring up certain events that happen in their lives and ask Brad and Jonathan and or anyone else who might be hosting on the podcast, Tammy and Dan, I am talking to you as well. Um, uh, maybe to help these people with giving advice to the game <laughs> because goodness, some of the things that they do. Oh, guys. Anyway, that's fun. That's kind of what's been going on here in Cincinnati. Kids, books, podcasts, it's a fun ride. Um, but yeah, um, I will I will definitely be in contact. I cannot wait to come back to the show and tell more tales of what's been going on. Uh, my grandparents recently came up and went to an antique mall, and it was hilariously awesome. Um, funny old people stories, but again, for another time. With that, I bid you adieu, and I, yeah, I miss you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye now. Nice. Uh, we miss you too, Alex. And I don't mean to be Indeed. too critical, but you read the whole thing. <laughs> you, read, you did read the whole thing. Look, we're not going to discourage you when you actually cash the checks. We shouldn't discourage Alex when he cashes in his checks. <laughs> Do not discourage. Um, but yeah, that book sounded pretty bad. Again, like that one woman's reaction from the title, that book sounds like total fucking... It's such gimmicky... That's a publisher's title, if you know what I mean. That's like the publisher going to the author and saying, nah, we need to get like a headline-grabbing title for your book. 
your advice is not helpful. Whatever is in that book is just beyond useless, I'm sure. Um, I also saw this piece that really pissed me off recently. It didn't piss me off, but it exhausted me because it's the same level of like sitcom sexist bullshit. The idea of like, like when you get married, you basically die and you become like a husk. And it's like, yeah, if you need that to be true to sort of justify your resentment of the person you shouldn't have married in the first place. Um, And it was all about, it's like we interviewed 40 different people about why they're not fucking their spouse. Like why sex dies after you get married. And it was all these stories of like, because he doesn't want to fuck me anymore or because he's boring as shit in bed or because he cheats on me all the time or because he's never known how to fuck me and he'll never be able to know how to fuck me. And I just masturbate. And it's like, all of these people are miserable. They're all straight, by the way. And it's it's a truly dispiriting piece of shit article. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Like, get divorces. Yeah. No, Either learn no. How to communi- you have a choice. Oh, you can learn how to communicate the kids. or get a divorce. But what you can't do is have a stupid article about this shit and still not either communicate or get a divorce. Yeah, I'll give you an anonymous quote about how my husband can't fuck me. Or you could just do the fucking work and divorce your stupid-ass husband. I mean, like, the thing is, if you're not willing to communicate and you're not willing to get a divorce, why are you talking to people writing an article? <laughs> like, you that's, that's so much effort that you could be applying to either of those other two options. Well, then it makes me think of the uh, comedian uh, Rhea Butcher, who on Twitter was talking about how she was the only woman in, like, a party of groomsmen at a wedding. And she was, uh, she was wearing a suit because, like, she wears suits. And the men at a certain point in the groomsmen party treated her like a man. And in that, in, in, in a very specific way. And that they started talking about their wives around her. And every man in this group loathed their wife. Right. Loathed them. Like, complained about everything they fucking did. How they weren't attracted to this these women anymore. How they wanted to fuck all these different people in their lives. And she was like, I cannot believe that you are letting me hear this. This is the most vile, women-hating bullshit I've ever heard in my life. And, like, you you people have, like, no idea how terrible you are. Yikes. Everyone thinks they're in a sitcom. Everyone thinks it's okay to hate their spouses. It's not okay. It's not healthy. No. It's not healthy. Like, why? Oh, she's such a bitch. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, then. Oy. But I can't pay so the Comcast my- bill. <laughs> I don't know how the Comcast bill works. God. That book sounds like shit. Yeah. I, he basically yeah. had all the same observations that we had about S-Town. Yeah. Shit town. Yeah. Uh, it's not Stupid a fun ride. It, it's, not, it's not a fun ride. <laughs> no, not at all. You can't... N- Stop it. I I, dry, <laughs> I take the cookies away from you. The, the fun ride cookies are away from you now, Alex. You've had too many. Uh-huh. You're on a sugar high of fun rides. <laughs> okay. Alex goes to a funeral. It's a fun ride. <laughs> Alex, don't say that. What? <laughs> there was some tasty oh. food afterwards. Alex, you better have taken uh, proper notes of your grandparents' visit because uh, my favorite stories are the stories of Alex's grandparents. I don't know if I've ever... I think I'm, I must have heard a few at least. Oh, but... yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, his grandmother says some things. <laughs> oh, she says some things. Yeah. And he also, at the end of it, he was like, so that's what's... He, he was like, I'm telling you about my life. I don't think we heard anything about his actual life. <laughs> <laughs> we learned, we heard about the the books he's reading uh, and the uh, podcast that he's listening to. 
but I want to know more about that little baby. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of mysteries. He's not telling them what's going on, Alex. What's the secrets with that with, those, with that baby? Are what's you, going on? Are you still furiously screaming at your neighbors because they don't know how to park? I have a baby now. <laughs> your parking isn't conveniencing my baby. That baby can be an excuse for anything. <laughs> I have a baby now. Don't you think you can at least park in the garage now? Bring your baby to the bank when you want a loan. Look at this baby. <laughs> I, I haven't talked to Alex since, uh, since I got a car. Um... Alex, guess where my car's parked right now? On the street. Don't do that. Do you have a perfectly good driveway that's empty right now? Um, well, there's a there's a garage and a driveway. Um, both are occupied. One by a car, someone else's car, and the other by a Ford. <laughs> now this is the th- this is S Town. You living in this house is S Town. Yep. Little did I know. Oh, I can't wait till we get to do that episode of S10. <laughs> think about a clock. No, just tell me the story. No, no, no. Think about a clock. No, I don't want to think about a clock. Just tell me the story. No, if you think about... I don't want to think about a clock either. I don't want to... No. <laughs> Spoiler for future episode, we will be discussing Sweetie Town. <laughs> Sweetie Town? <laughs> That's right. What's Sweetie Town? Well, future episode. Is that a real term or are you just doing a play on S10? <laughs> Nope, that's a future episode. Future episode. Sweetie Town, now that is a cliffhanger. Yep. (laughs) If I've ever heard one, I dare say. Indeed. Oh, Brad, how are people listening to this show? What what are they doing? Uh, Well, uh, usually use your ears. Um, Go to iTunes, leave us reviews. That's a thing. I use my butt. Um, uh, Please don't do that. That's that's not going to work at all. Crystal clear. Um... You can uh, visit the website ramjackpodcast.com. There's a wiki. There's a Facebook group. All kinds of things. Go there and enjoy. We're on Twitter at ramjackpodcast. Uh, all those things. Email us. Voicemail. It's all on the website. Go there. Jonathan, where can we find you on the internet? My Twitter handle is J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E. Excuse me, a little belch. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. P-E-R. Oh, my. If it is the will of the... <laughs> Uh, P-E-R-J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K on Twitter. I am, of course, the co-host of, of course, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> like I'm coming down from Mount Olympus. You all know me, of course. <laughs> the co-host of How, How Rude, the Full House podcast. I co-host that with Brandon Chogney. Um, if you are a listener of Ramjack and How Rude, we are aiming for 100 reviews in the iTunes store before we record our finale on July 1st. Uh, we are at 97 currently. We just got two more today. So we're to it, to very, it, very close to the 100 mark. Positive reviews. You get that, right? Not like just reviews. <laughs> I, I, I mean, come on, people. Don't don't, don't give a shitty review. He's, it's, he's one of the top Full House podcasts in the world. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> you can also uh, hear a... Through the Howard feed, you can hear a preview for our next podcast venture which is at the trailers uh which is a podcast all about the latest in movie trailer releases and we use a very scientific system of determining whether or not we like the trailers that system is stub it stream it or skip it (laughs) i think it's pretty self-explanatory but we do talk about what that means longer than you might think (laughs) what does skip it mean (laughs) and friends uh in these harsh stressful times it may feel like uh, we live in a, a shit town world. 
It may feel like we live in a world where corrupt politicians uh, wreak havoc on the globe without our consent. But most importantly, let's all remember that we also live in a lost world where Madonna and child should be eradicated by society. Chechnyan concentration camp. <laughs> In a Chechnyan concentration camp for homosexual. Vetoed. <laughs> 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 Smart bombs, it's a good thing that our bombs are clever. 
It's a shame that our kids are dumb, but our bombs are smart. What a lucky thing now. Don't you know it's a feel-good show and it's suitable for the whole darn family? Come on out, everybody shout. Give a big salute to our ingenuity. Don't you know this is better than any video friend? It's an action movie. Here we go, watch the bad guys get their butts kicked. It really makes me feel good. Don't you know it's Nintendo? Really gets the blood flowing through my veins now. Don't you know it's a feel good show? Need a charming this. It's a video, video. There they go now. There go all my friends. There they go now. Marching off to war again. With their bright flags waving in the wind. There they go Marching off to war again